this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Welcome to the Speakeasy, the officially unofficial podcast for Boardwalk Empire on HBO. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And tonight we're talking about Season 5, Episode 8, titled El Dorado. What is El Dorado? El Dorado Dorado is a city of gold. City of gold. It's also the name of a condominium apartment. (laughs) No, seriously. I know. Okay. I was like, no, I'm not making a joke. Uh, That Nucky was uh, scouting out with uh, Margie Mm -hmm. there. Yeah, I mean, when you juxtapose the city of gold, this mythologically important thing, sure, and a shitty apartment con, well, a, a fairly upscale condo. Uh, I, I was gonna say it looked penthouse Swedish. Yeah, yeah, it had nothing. a fucking ter- ter- terrarium uh, on the second floor. I think that's what they said. Like, like turtles no, the, swimming around and shit. Right? <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it was a terrace. Oh, a ter- okay. Yeah, sure. and it was much bigger upstairs. Had a so. bearded dragon in that thing. Yeah, probably a, a hog. Hog nose snake, that's a thing, isn't it? Sure, yeah, out on the the terrarius. Uh, okay, let. What do we need to do up front? Do we want to talk about uh, the significance of that, or wait until we get toward the end of the episode well, to do we, that? We the this was written and directed by the Holy Trinity. Yeah, uh, Howard Quarter and Terrence Winter were the writers. Mm-hmm. You know, you've heard both of those gentlemen's name. Terrence Winter, obviously. Uh, the showrunner, creator, uh-huh. and directed by Tim Tim Van Patten, which so not really the Holy Trinity. I, I would say Martin Scorsese. If you're going to go with like <laughs> Martin Scorsese, I know he hasn't done anything since episode one. But <laughs> first of all, you're raining on my parade because I was about to say Tim v, uh, TVP. Yeah, has directed the f- uh, lots of others, but always the first episode and the last episode of every season of Boardwalk Empire. Except. Except for the first one, which right. was directed by Martin Scorsese, and in Revenge, he directed the next three. So, <laughs> but yeah, Martin Scorsese has done nothing but cash checks and maybe show up to Emmy parties yeah, I, for five years. I don't know that that's entirely true. <laughs> I won't go so far as to say that, but certainly he's not directed since the pilot. Yeah. Um, I don't really have no idea what his continuing involvement on the show is. I don't either. And that's why I don't agree with him just cashing checks. <laughs> I just say that I never seen an interview with him. Uh, I never see like he'd been the credits other than the executive fair. producer and created yeah. by. So, but anyway, yeah, these guys are the w- most prolific people that have worked on boardwalk. Uh, and yep. it's, it's nice to see him take it out. In I agree. Style. And, and I think they did just that. They, they brought it in, in style as well. Yeah, oh no. I mean, I I it, again, this is probably this is a top 5 television show for me. I know I don't yeah. think you necessarily agree. Uh as it's gone on, like season 5 I didn't think I was going to like as much as the other seasons. Sure. But I feel like it might be one of their strongest. Like just from 
a how well is this made perspective. Yeah, I like, think I can't believe how well done these last two episodes were. And that's the thing. So I I knew this was going to happen. Uh, I knew that my reaction to last week's episode was largely because it was making me feel and think things about the 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 star character mm-hmm. that I did not want to personally confront. Okay. And but on the other hand, I'm kind of I'm kind of pushing back this week because everyone's saying what a shitbird Nucky is and what terrible decisions, and everybody's like throwing a pity party for Jillian. And yeah, she did terrible things, but hmm. look at what happened to her. However, I'm not so sure that Jillian and Nucky, either one of them, had it better or worse as a child. And Nucky has been hmm. abused yeah. on a daily basis by his drunken father from a very young age. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we saw him belt, get belted at the family table for nothing when he was yeah. like eight or nine. And that Literally wasn't the first no time. That's not the last time. Shit, it wasn't even the last time. We saw Silver Age Nucky get uh, his eye blacked by his old man. Yeah. Constant verbal, emotional, physical abuse versus being so i mean i don't think you can there's this isn't a victim olympics they're both really really terrible sure terrible things that happened to people that made them do terrible things later in life yeah and which they all paid very heavy prices i don't think you can say that nucky is irredeemably evil i mean i think he's still very sympathetic in light of that mm-hmm. i also think he got the ending that was deserved just like another famous protagonist that also wrapped up a show very recently (laughs) you know it's like barney barney got what he fucking deserved man (laughs) um i i I don't know i uh yeah i'm with you i don't think there were very many black and whites in this series um, sure to begin with other than you know the the basic race well, wars that are white. going on throughout this whole thing. There's Chalky White that works on multiple levels because he's actually black with his last name is White and yeah yeah uh, sure I, I was going to go to the musicians who are named Black and White but we'll not go there. Uh, so I, I feel like this has been a show of gray area. Mm. Like yeah. there there are like you said a lot of bad things that happen to people that made them do bad things in the future and it's not entirely their fault. Yeah. But it's also mostly their fault. <laughs> yeah. It's like, who do you root for in the Jimmy versus Nucky war? Yeah. Uh, and and the, the very few times where we've really had an unequivocal villain like Dr. Narcisse, who, you know, is a hypocrite mm-hmm. and he's going against a guy that we really, really like in, in Chalky. Uh, when you've got Nucky versus, um, shoot, what was... Uh, who did that guy Bobby play the the crazy audio fi- uh, auto affix- uh, uh, asphyxiation guy? Oh, um, was it Tonino? Is that no? That was, that was the, the, this guy that uh, worked Shit. for him. I can't remember his name, but I I definitely remember him. Yeah. Sure. Um, you 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 get these villains that are fairly easy to root against. Yeah. But yeah, all of the protagonists are very gray characters and. Mm-hmm have very pitiful life circumstances yeah and they're they're trying to do the best they can with what they know and what they have and that extends to jillian that extends to nucky it extends to jimmy Mm -hmm. richard harrow uh i mean i'm sure if we knew more about chalky white we knew a little bit about him his story about his dad and um you know they're they just 
all such great characters and I feel like they're all sympathetic. And that was, yeah, I, I guess the thing I didn't like last episode is that I felt like it was making me condemn Nucky and I didn't want to do it. And now I think I've made peace with that. And yeah, yeah these last three or four episodes have just been kind of brilliant. I agree. I agree. I think this is one of the strongest seasons of Boardwalk Empire. Uh, and, and despite my fears with these flashbacks, they worked out really well. Even though they're telling a story that we knew already, the way that they told it yeah. and the way that they brought it together at the end, especially of these last couple episodes, has just been so masterful that I was drawn back in and I understood why they did it. And I feel like that's the thing. Like there, A lot of people comment about, and I'm not even saying a lot, there's a minority of people saying, I'm not sure what the point of the flashbacks were because there's stuff we already knew. And it's stuff that we've talked about, something yeah. that I kind of articulated. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's refuted by so many people's reaction in last week. That's like, wow, you know, you really get caught up of rooting for Nucky and then you forget what he did to get himself into situation, how he got ahead, what his original sin was. And seeing sure. that visceral impact, it's the same thing where people uh, with essentially the same information on the Ray Rice NFL thing. You know, the mm-hmm. guy punched his wife in an elevator. It's one thing to hear that and read it. And then it's another thing to actually see it and see the, mm-hmm. the, the, the horror of it. I mean, we're visual. I think we're a visual people. Um, I really respect the people that can just read raw text and kind of fully absorb the horror and, and are not jaded enough to where that doesn't affect. But I'm, mm-hmm. I don't think I'm that guy. And it really hit home for me to see him. And, and even the last moments, knowing exactly what was coming in this episode, seeing him with full knowledge of what he's doing, going and helping a person prey on a young woman, in fact, preying on her herself. Yeah. Um, doing it for his own advancement. Was really rough. Yeah, for sure. And then simultaneously seeing that bad fruitage of several generations of wrecked Darmandies coming and killing him. Yeah. I, it, it was it was beautiful. In, I agree. In the kind of... <laughs> savagely painful way that like nature documentaries are when you see a yeah a baby penguin getting eaten by a sea lion you know it's like it's inevitable and that's what life is about and that's what life is like sometimes yeah i want to say it's bittersweet is there a word for like bitter beautiful like i don't know horrific beautiful the germans probably have a word where they take tin and shove it together and yeah it's gundersloon i'm sure (laughs) uh that was gundersloon gundersbittersloon Yeah, that's a very, very good example of that. Well, why don't we plow through the uh, recap? Yeah. So that we can get to some some more in-depth discussion about, like, the fates of these characters and stuff like that. We open up. Am I running this? I'm running this show, yeah. right? Yeah, you're good. We, we, yeah. we open up uh, sans credits. Yeah. and Sans clothes. And Steve's going for a swim. Nucky's going for a swim. Yeah, Steve Buswimmy is going out there. <laughs> Uh, he's finally realized all these years, so many bottles are just getting out in the ocean. <laughs> like he's going to reclaim them. Forget the trucks being firebombed. There's just yeah. oceans of booze in the ocean. And he's, he's going to go out and swim and get everyone. I think so. I think so. Uh, are you surprised that they didn't show the 57 year old Bushimi totally nude? At least from the backside. It's did HBO. They? No, I don't think they did. No. Yeah, I thought when he jumped into the wave, we got like a, a glimpse of his ass crack. Maybe that was just 
my wishful thinking. Maybe, yeah, maybe I blocked it out if it did. I don't, I don't know. Is there anyone on the planet that was rooting for that? No, I don't think so. I think that's why they did it. But, okay. you know, HBO has a history of uh, nudity in their shows. Sure, sure. You would think they'd, they'd show a Bushimi ass. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not opposed to it. <laughs> I mean, we got to see, like, uh, the, uh, the, the good listener... We got to see all kinds of different shapes and sizes of bodies. I don't know why we'd sh- shy away from a wrinkly Bashimi ass. Yeah. Show the uh, Bashimi ass, I'd say. Free free the cheeks. Free the cheeks. <laughs> we need a shirt that says free the cheeks. I mean, with Steve Bashimi's eyes on it. Steve Bashimi's face <laughs> can get on camera and his ass can't. <laughs> well, let's what, get real what, here. I mean, what does that say about uh, the horror show that his ass must be? <laughs> <laughs> the teeth is that the teeth of his ass all right i apologize to steve buscemi uh i i did really like how not having an intro credit sequence here set this episode apart from everything else and it did it with with flavor right it it meant something when flavor. they did that yeah so you you look at steve buscemi and throughout this whole episode he has or i'm sorry throughout this whole series he has been forever staring out into the water never going in uh, yeah. Never disrobing, never becoming, going back to that kid he was when he was swimming around. Had done it for, for forty years. For quarters, said. yeah, forty five years maybe even. Uh, so I felt like it was it really showed the headspace he was in. Yeah. to have him actually go out there and swim. Yeah, and we'll we'll talk more about that. I also want to say that I feel like that this episode was very much it's the most Godfathering. Uh, of the boardwalks I can remember. Uh-huh. I mean, the the music sequence where it has like the 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 minor chords being played on the violin and just the individual boom boom is so much like the quieter parts and the more tense parts of of the Godfather. I I just couldn't believe it. I thought it was an incredible homage um, for uh, to a sh- to a movie that this show apes quite a bit, and, and sure. I mean that as a compliment. Yeah, yeah, and for good reason. Some more subject matters. Uh, we flash back to Silver Age Nucky, and he's putting his big goofy sheriff hat into the big goofy sheriff's ring. Uh, <laughs> and he says, hey, I want to be considered. And the commoner says, fuck off. Hard work means nothing. You're always a little too too eager of a little boy. Uh, you're trying to have kids. I don't like that unless it's a daughter, and then I might like that in <laughs> a few years. Uh and then Steve tries to display loyalty, and he ends up making the Commodore think he's threatening him. Mm-hmm. And just as that misunderstanding is being settled, a, a troop of girls come up to offer a song, and nothing could delight the Commodore more. And we get to see <laughs> uh, we get to, we get to see Nucky uh, we, we get to see Nucky um, just stare at this man. And what do you think is going through his head? Ugh. That's what I think is going through his head. I, I think he knows what's going on. And I think he's he's disgusted by it, but not to the point where he will just completely uh, destroy this man's world. It's funny because we debated how much he knew, yeah, how much he was aware we yeah, also I got some crow to eat for that. We also painted this elaborately rosy picture of yeah. you know his plan to really take down the Commodore. And thought we had cracked it. Thought we cracked it, <laughs> um, but that's not the story. That's 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 uh, we thought it was going to go the one way, 
and it was the other. Mm-hmm. And I ended up, uh, my, my self-image of Nucky Thompson ended up loaded into a vacant in Baltimore. I What do you think he's thinking in this scene? I don't know. I... It's I I I honestly have never been in a situation where I'm seeing some horrifically immoral act and mm-hmm. not in a position where I can do something about it. Yeah, like there's very few times I've ever. I, I mean, I, there's nothing on this magnitude because he's the thing is he's he's already made that moral choice. He's already aided and abetted this man in his child depredation. So. Yeah, it's almost like he's he's stealing himself, you know that he's like setting his jaw and he's. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. I mean, I don't know what you goes through your mind. The the amount of cognitive dissonance you must have to summon up because I and I I'm a master at cognitive dissonance. Um, <laughs> but the amount that you have to summon up to justify doing this to girls and to see how unrepentant the shitbag this guy is. Yeah. I don't even know, man. Yeah, I feel, I feel like you're right with him, you know, just just getting hard. He's like, "All right, this is this might be how it's got to be for a while now." Uh although at that point he's taken his badge, is that right? No, no, not yet. That comes not later. yet. Okay. So so yeah, I could see him, you know, kind of just committing to this path. Like I don't like anything that's going on here, but I'm going to do it anyway. That could be going through his head. The other thing is, can, I I think it's fair to say that a Commodore exploits young men, or, or I'm at least the one young man I know. He's he's exploited Nucky um, as much as you can exploit non-sexually a young boy. He continues the emotional um, abuse that his father has 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 made him come to expect and think that that is what a father figure does. Hmm. And that's the that's the one thing that still doesn't sit well with me. Last episode is Lindsay, yeah, you know, uh, turning this, turning his kind of adopted son. Yeah, because I, I would argue that the Commodore is not the father figure that Lindsay was. Well, I, I feel like no, nah, I, I I don't. I, I think that very strongly that the Commodore is a father figure to Nucky, in in. in in the way that his real father is. And I think Lindsay is the father he wishes he had, but it still really sits. Okay. It sticks in my craw that a man like Lindsay went along with any of this shit. And I, 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 and that, that even if he didn't, let's say this is the first time the Commodore has pulled this shit with a girl and Lindsay's like, Nope, no part of it. The fact that he would then give, just, just, just throw his, his, this, this boy that he's brought in and has protected all these years, throw yeah. him to that metaphorical wolf. I, that changes how I feel about Sheriff Lindsay. Sure. Definitely. I mean, we talked about that last episode. Um, and I don't, I, that's the one thing from the last episode that still doesn't sit well with me, but, um, shall we move on to golden age Nucky? Sure. With, uh, well, it's, it's kind of disturbing. I mean, this, this whole scene is fucking disturbing because, at the beginning of it, it seems like he's negotiating for a payoff, a uh, settlement with a family. At least in my mind, that's what it was. Well, I mean, why not, right? Yeah, he's like, t- t- the his sidekick, whatever, Chops, says, hey, they Whitlock. want 2000 I think, is an acceptable offer. And he's like, mm. 1200 no more. Take it or leave it. Right. Uh, also disturbing that he is negotiating the payoff 
to keep these families quiet. It could be. Just could, another layer of disturbing. It could I, be, or it could be just be a business thing. Maybe, but I feel like it's not. Hmm. <laughs> and maybe, you know, that's the rest of the scene clouding my vision. Right. I uh, mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying yeah. that uh, the New York dandy came down and uh, the $50 hat man came down and tried to negotiate probably something that he was deserved. Mm. It did seem like he was part of his inner circle, probably had some responsibility for making Atlantic City what it is, and he wound up dead. Yeah. So the Commodore's a ruthless motherfucker. Sure. Uh, anyway, go in the Golden Age Nuckies. Well, it's not even Golden Age Nucky. It's Golden Age Nucky's time fair, uh, period. Joe Kennedy is sitting on the board of Mayflower Grain, and he's trying to quell a rebellion. Everybody else wants to sell because Senator Lloyd is coming there and saying, look, boys, repeal is not going to happen. I've heard yeah. it straight from high-ranking people. This is not the way the Constitution works. You can take it to the bank that we're going to have prohibition on. Suddenly, these guys are like, oh, well, you know, our positions in Mayflower are worthless because we need booze to make all that work. And uh, he uh, – and you can also clearly see that they don't respect him. Yeah. The same way that he kind of looked down his nose at Nucky, which I think it was him trying to teach him something. These guys just straight up look down on him. You Mm -hmm. know, when he tries to affect the British mannerisms, like, oh, you learned that in jolly old England, you fucking (laughs) Irish dog. And uh, he says, yeah. look, just give me 24 hours before I sort this out. He does the Francis Underwood would, would knuckle wrap and then walks out. Um, hmm. Anything to say on this scene? It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. No, it seems really straightforward. It's just setting up, you know, what happens later with Margaret. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of slightly surprised the way this thing went down. But uh, we go to Chicago. And Al Capone is finding out that he's been sold out by his his man D'Angelo, which turns out to be mm-hmm. uh, he, he's actually his real name's Malone, right? I don't even know. Uh, and he's like, ah, fucking Irishman. That's what hurts the most. He said he he couldn't tell <laughs> uh, one from the other. And they're trying to say, hey, isn't this false pretenses? Isn't this entrapment? We asked him if he's a cop. He said he wasn't a cop. I mean, yeah, they can't lie like that, can they? Come on. And his lawyers, his lawyer, you can tell, is trying to get him to mentally accept the fact that he's probably fucked. Yeah. Um, and this might be a bullshit charge, but it's a bullshit charge that could potentially send him away for it's, years. Yeah, and it's weird because I feel like Capone has accepted that, but he's keeping up a, a, a front. He's for putting certain, on a front for all of his men. Yeah, but not— Because when he sits down with his son, he clearly knows that he's going to prison. yeah. Yeah, and I, I I want to talk about that when we get to there. Yeah, did you notice uh, Al's brother? I think his name's George, right? I don't know. Herc, Herc, yeah. uh, calls him Snork. Yeah, uh huh. Is the, that a thing? I don't know, man. I'm gonna look it up while you're talking okay. here. Capone and, Snork. That's a Google search now. Yeah, and and you can see. I mean, that's the thing. Like we've seen the madness and the mania of Capone. Yeah, but apparently this episode, that was a Capone nickname, Snorky. Snorky. Al Capone wanted to be called Snorky rather than Scarface to emphasize his image as a successful businessman. And I don't know what Snorky has to do with business. Yeah. Uh, I'll look that up as well. Uh, <laughs> um, but, but I mean, I feel like the Al Capone uh, and Stephen Graham's charm has turned up to like 11 in this episode. Yeah, like he's for sure. A, he is a rock star, but there's also this underlying vulnerability that we haven't gotten a lot of this season. Yeah. Definitely. A little bit of when he was genuinely hurt that George Mueller and uh, Eli Thompson had tried to rob him. Oh, 
uh-huh. a little bit that's just like genuine like come on i thought we were i thought we were buddies yeah uh we go to lucky luciano luciano rather and uh myers and bugsy and they are uh, continuing to gloat over the fact that they've beat everybody and over their spoils uh Lucky's getting a manicure from some whore. Uh, they're all talking about who they're going to kill and who they're going to not. They're debating whether to kill Johnny Torrio or not. They're debating whether yeah. to kill Narcisse. I have a question about Torrio. Does Torrio die? I don't know. Because they don't kill him in this episode. I don't think he does. I think I, th- I thought I read that he died of old age. Okay, because the look on Luciano's face told me that he was not happy about having to, having to kill him. So yeah. if he doesn't, I would not put that... Uh, I would not think that's an inconsistency. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I honestly don't know why Bugsy had such a hard on for killing him. Honestly. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That guy. Oh, yeah, he died like of, a loose. He game. died in '57. I think he's, okay. it's safe to say that he he survived the carnage. Um, but no, I, I don't understand why he was. I mean, it, it seemed like Bugsy just was. Seemed like he was the most loose of the can- of the cannons. Yeah, like he was just wanting to ventilate everybody for sure. Like and just that's why take they out don't the trash, him, right? Yeah, completely. He's not. He's not as equal. Yeah, he's not. And it, it seems like in an animal farm kind of way, he's not as equal as the other guys. Sure. Uh, we go in and we see that uh, Joe Kennedy is going to the um the broker brokerage house that Mrs. Thompson that Margaret works at. Mm-hmm. And he's got a full head of steam. He's just beating down her door and says, what in the bloody hell is going on? Who is strong arming, arming Senator Lloyd to have him tell all this bullshit lies about, uh, repeal, mm-hmm. which how long has this con been going on? Super good question. Because it's in early in the season, it seemed like Senator Lloyd was rebelling against Nucky. And when they went to meet with uh, the Cubans. Yeah, not wanting to be straight about prohibition. But has this whole time Nucky been having him sandbag on pro on the repeal process to drive down the value of his Bacardi contract of the. You know, now he's using it due to Mayflower. Has this been a long con the whole time, or has this been Nucky finally like, I'm I, I I don't know what he could do to lean on him this much because Nucky's power is very precarious at this point. He's lost everything, even Cuba. Yeah, absolutely. He's given away his whole empire, all of his railway contacts through Florida and all that stuff. Uh, gone. Yeah, I don't know how long the con is. Um, it seems like he wouldn't have started this con until Joe kennedy decided not to work with him well which um, part of it because i mean i'm questioning whether this because he doesn't want to sandbag this well so you're saying that senator lloyd was, was that... in there to tell bacardi that repeal wasn't, gonna, wasn't happen. gonna happen and so the value of the contract between nucky and bacardi would be it, lower exactly he could get it at a cheaper it, it price like nucky was taking a bigger risk so that guy wouldn't mm. ask for more maybe that's giving him a lot of credit yeah and it's it's <laughs> and, and i didn't get the impression of watching that scene that that's what was happening but maybe nucky is a good enough actor to where he was just selling that or is it possible that senator lloyd just doesn't see repeal coming he's an idiot i feel like that's more and likely. so he's not being strong-armed that just but nucky knows that that's who 
Nucky knows that that's who their man is because he refused to show up to represent Nucky, and now the board mm-hmm. has got him. I, I, I'm still unclear exactly how this stuff is working out. But here's here's another question. Yep. So Margaret in this scene lets Joe in on yes the deal. Is this an audible called by Margaret, or was yes. this whole thing an attempt by Nucky to win the favor of Joe Kennedy and thereby partner with him and do? Uh, do deals with Joe Kennedy as opposed to with Mayflower. So, Mike, and, and the, we're going far off the text. We're making we inferences are. here. This yes. is not in the script. I mean, there's a very fascinating uh, interview with Terrence Winter that Seppenwald does where he cleared up some things. But even those things, those are, I, you know, those, those are from the creator. So I guess, you you know, they carry more weight, but really they don't carry as much weight as stuff that actually happened on screen. And I don't think any of For these sure. things are right or wrong. My gut tells me this is an audible call by Margaret to mm-hmm. cement her future. That's kind of what I thought, too. That she's like, I'm going, I'm I'm already in. She, We found out that she took her nest egg and went all in on this scheme, took Nucky's advice. Mm-hmm. And, and she's like, 29 grand. <laughs> and she's like, in for a penny, in for a pound. So I'll go ahead and try to bring Joe Kennedy on thinking that, you know, this will be that this is a nice nest egg that I'm building for myself, but this is going to be setting me up as a powerful broker in my own right. Cause you could tell yeah. the fat old monopoly dude that runs the place was flabbergasted. The Joe Kennedy smoking Joe Kennedy's coming in his doors with his big bucks and his big business. And that's the thing now Huge she's feather for her cap, his broker. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like Margaret's running this place now because this guy's scared shitless of the fact that she's got all these mob contacts. And beyond that, I mean, like, Joe Kennedy's got to be one of the bigger clients, so she takes Joe and goes to another another firm. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's going to be in trouble, too, so. So, no, I I felt like it could be, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if Nucky, but no, I I just feel like they had very little contact. Yeah. Like, Nucky told her to do the buys and do the short positions, but they didn't really talk about the overall strategy other than that. Yeah, so... If, in fact, that was all part of the plan, we didn't see that part of the plan. Sure. Uh, and what really... See, Joe is trying to prop Mayflower back, back up. Mm-hmm. And Margaret's convincing him that, you know, hey, first of all, your partners are selling behind your back. So they're not even giving you the respect of the 24 hours you asked for. Yeah. And also, you could join <laughs> us and make a shit ton of money. Uh-huh. And that's, that's exactly... Uh, you know, he gets on the short wagon... Uh, short the the short stock wagon at that point yeah uh silver age nucky arrives home and finds a bunch of bloody underclothes undergarments and follows the trail to mabel who's sitting in her kitchen area where she's usually pounding on pies Mm -hmm. uh and she's shell-shocked she's she's uh very pale looking uh looks like she's very anemic and she is now saying that uh, this is a mishap that she doesn't really want to go to the doctor about. She doesn't want to talk much about. And Nucky apologizes on his hand, on his knees and says, everything I work for, this is for you. This is for us. This is for the family. What do you think? Cause Mabel's already saying, I don't know where you are. I don't know when you come home. She's starting to Skylar white him. Um, What's your opinion on what Margaret really wanted when she was sitting there in the uh, having lunch with her father and Nucky? Did she need Nucky to be a rich and successful man? First of all, you're talking about Mabel. 
Who was I, I asking? You you said Margaret. Oh, I'm well, sure well, that will, well. will confuse some people. Uh, but Don't tell me that Nucky never made that slip in his mind. <laughs> <laughs> I saw him do it a few episodes ago when he was drunk and it was dark. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, I, don't, I don't know that... She definitely doesn't want him to be what he has become, certainly. Uh, it, it doesn't... I don't know. Didn't she fall in love with him because he was an honest man and because he was ambitious, but, but he was a hustler in the right way. I don't know. I think she fell in love a little bit of the fact that he was a hustler. You think so? I mean, he was well, going to, he's going to kiss a, kiss a, kiss a pony knock, for a dime. You can't knock the hustle, man. <laughs> like if that's what you're in for, uh, that's what you got to strap in for. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like that there's, who knows, man? There's, there's, relationships are funny things about, uh, you know, why you get into him, why you fall in love, why you continue to be in love. Sure. Um, also, it... I mean, hustling is one thing. Being up at all hours of night, getting called away in weird county business is quite another. Is it weird for me to say that this was my least favorite scene of well, this episode? Not really. Okay, because I, I didn't feel like it had the punch that it needed, uh, and and it had no resolution in the end. He just leaves, um, which you know maybe that says enough about who he is. That's you know I I, I I'm I'm totally on board with you on that. Okay, All I right. feel like the one thing they did weak is like they've established so much that I think Nucky is at best. I mean, I think he's he likes kids. Mm-hmm. But he also doesn't know what to do with them. I never believed for a moment that when you know that he wanted a huge family, I've never bought that about his performance. I think he wants a strong woman. I think he wants a partner. Kids, I've never bought that about his character. And for that yeah. to have weight, I needed to believe that this was something very, very important to him. And this is one thing where the, sh- the show has done a lot of telling and not showing. Had a lot of him putting his hand on bellies and saying, this is why I do everything. But it always felt a little off. It always felt yeah. a little off in the way that, like, Capone and his son, Eli and Nucky, yeah. e, uh, Nucky and Tommy just connected effortlessly. Yeah. I feel like the weight of the show's history of having Steve kind of be, uh, or Nucky, rather, ha- <laughs> kind of be, keep keep kids at arm's length. Yeah. And there's a notable exceptions. I know he's very sweet with Margaret's daughter, mm. and he's fairly understanding with her his, his son. But I always felt that was something he was doing for Margaret, not because he himself just loves kids. Yeah, I think you're right. So yeah, no, I I totally get what you're saying about that. Okay. Um, let's go. On. Oh, Eli barges in at the end. I thought it was going to be more county business, uh, but it turns out it's Eli. Mom wants him. Yeah. Go back to the golden age, and we see that Margaret is standing on the stock floor with Joe Kennedy. And I don't get a lot of this. Like every single time I see, and I know that the modern stock market works in a very similar way. There are men with pieces of paper screaming on the floors, and I don't know why. Well, they exist, but they don't dominate anymore. Are you sure? Computers do, yeah. Well, I know computer trading, but it still seems like it's executed by men running around like that. That instead of having a woman standing with a or with Joe it's, Kennedy on the wings waiting to hand a piece of paper, like the computers uh, are spitting it out. Yeah, but, it, it's not it's not as much like that anymore. There are people who are trying to cling cling to that history of the stock market, 
being dudes around in a circle yelling and trading shit, but that's not really how it goes anymore. Huh. Uh, there, there's a really good documentary on Netflix about it. I need to watch um, it. Which follows like three or four different people as they... Uh, some are already stockbrokers and yeah. working on it in the stock exchange and on Wall Street, and some of them are trying to break into it, and it's it's really super interesting. But at the end, it's like, yeah, we do this because this is what we like to do, but this is not really the way it's done anymore. Interesting, um, but uh, I think it's ve- I think it's very interesting. Um, I, again, I don't understand the mechanics of it, but I understand well enough what's going on. Well, yeah. we opened the show and uh, Mayflower. Uh, or what's the Mayflower? Yeah, their stock um, is... was at thirty three and, and an eighth. It's now falling. It's it's fallen like three or four points, and it's just in a free fall. Yeah, um, because the, the there's a run on it, and Margaret watches it fall and fall. And at, at one point, Joe, I think around twenty, says, "Jesus, it's 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 worth at least that much, even if prohibition stays." Yeah, and she counsels him to stop, and it falls all the way to three something. Mm-hmm. And then they call in their short position, and, which means they basically uh, they bought. I, I don't. I, I'm still shaky a little bit on how this works, but they essentially borrowed the money to buy the stock, and then lended the stock back to the brokers. And then any, and then they've got this thing called a short position, and any time they can call that in, and then legitimately buy the stock. Yeah. So, but they also bought and sold it when it was 30 something. So that money is like locked in. Sure. Somehow the their price, their sell price of the stock is locked in at 30 even though the actual price is at 3. Yeah. And so when they call in that that ticket that whatever, a short position. Yeah, then the people who have those those options have to pay them the 30 regardless right. of what the actual price is. And then they go ahead and they buy at three again right. and get it coming and going. Right, right, right. So you make a lot of money just on the difference between the money you laid out and the and, and how much money they're going to pay you for those stocks. Yeah. Then if the stock goes up you're gonna, and then you buy back in at the, at the basement, you're going to make money back on the way. Yeah. And there's a news article. Um, Later on, there's a, like a, a, a news advertisement running towards the end of the day when 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 Nucky <laughs> is sitting in the penthouse or the terrace or the terrarium, El Dorado, and, and you can hear him saying that you know there was this run on grain stock because, uh, but then Roosevelt came out and said no repeal's going to happen, and by the end of the day, by closing bell, the grain stocks had all but recovered. Yeah, which means they made money on the way down, and then in the same day, the grain stocks bounced right back up, and they made money all the way on the way up. And so, a shitload too. I mean, if you buy in at three and they're at thirty, that's sure. That's what, a, like a thousand percent that's, profit. That's that's uh, that's a lot of money. It's hundred percent, right? Hundred percent profit. Hundred percent would be six. Oh, you're right. You're yeah. right. It's I don't know. Again, I'm not very I'm not very strong at math. <laughs> uh, if I was, we'd probably already be fully funded, and we'd have made smart investments, <laughs> and we'd have gotten yeah. into the electric cars, and uh, you wouldn't have to worry about ads and Patreon. But uh, we don't, so you have to. Uh, <laughs> Um, so anyway, Joe is ridiculously pleased and there's a really awesome moment where he's kind of like flirting with her and saying like, you know, oh, you women. And she's like, here's a thought experiment for you. Imagine everything you want in life and not picture yourself in a dress, which I think is (laughs) 
what the most awesomely feminist thing Margaret's ever said, or even has been expressed on the show. Sure, most, mostly accurate, I'd say. And I think it's entirely accurate, and even it even hit a, a, a direct hit with Joe, and he's like, oh, uh, we can work together. Uh, I'd like to see you in a position under me. Wink, wink. And she says, oh, yes, I'd, I'd like to see that, too. Come visit me during business hours. Yeah, yeah. Saying this is just strictly business, Mr. Kennedy. Yep. I'm not your Marilyn Monroe. Get the fuck out of here. And uh, he's he's even more enamored with her. Al Capone goes home, and his wife is worried sick. She's heard the rumors. Uh, pe- uh, uh, newspaper men are calling her and asking her for a reaction and saying that uh, Al's going to be put away. And he's like, no, nah, don't worry about it. Just go make coffee. It's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Goes to visit his son and got super yeah. dusty at the Bald Move headquarters because, again, this is shit... That hasn't come back around for years, man. Like yeah. the last time they had a meaningful interaction was in season three where he's getting picked on and Al tries mm-hmm. to teach him boxing and then he realizes that's not who his boy is. And then he sings him that yeah. sweet My Buddy song, which got super dusty back in the day. And yet it works. They don't. It yeah. works so well. And it's the performance. I didn't need to see it previously on to make no. that connection. Uh-uh. Like, I don't even think if you made that connection that this scene would still work because Stephen Graham is fucking awesome. And this kid that they got is heartbreaking, wanting to help his dad. I mean, yeah, I'm getting choked up just recounting <laughs> it on this fucking podcast. <laughs> it's a phenomenal scene. It was easily the best scene so far uh, in this episode. And that's like. We talked about what a son of a bitch Al Capone is. Yeah. But the one thing they've been able to do with him that they haven't necessarily done with a a really great job of with, like, a lucky Luciano and others is give the human side. I don't even think they've done this well until this season with Nucky. I agree. Yeah. Like, Al Capone is a real three-dimensional person. They have with Eli as well. We Eli talked about that. Sir, yeah. with his with his uh, family and, mm-hmm. and his relationship with his wife. But, yeah, it, and, and it works so well to me because of who Capone is on the outside. Yeah. And who he is on the inside. And you can see that those are two different people. Yeah. Uh, and that most of the stuff he does uh, in front of his guys, his crew. Sure. Is a front. Right. Uh, he is worried about these things intensely, and it all comes out when he's around his family, with which with whom he's honest. Yeah. Well, at least his son. It, it's and, it, and you know, I, in think that Italian, I think it's more accurate to say that he ch- is comfortable showing a particular side of himself to his son. And it's funny that he's also what you mean honesty as far as his fate. Yeah. Because yeah. I, guess I don't think that the real Al Capone is this guy that was with his son. That's one facet of him. But the real Al Capone is also the guy who's blowing guys' brains yes. out in his penthouse suite. Yeah, and the guy who's mugging for the camera sure, uh, sure. is at times the real Al Capone as but well. It is interesting that his boy is the one he's only one he's straight with. That's Come on. It's the Italian family mentality, yeah. right? Got to be strong. Got to listen to your ma. You yeah, it's, be the man. it's firstborn son, of course. Yeah. That's where he, he gets real. Interesting. No, I just thought it was a great scene, and uh, I, the way I didn't expect we would even get to Capone. Yeah, and the fact we got this scene and some of his others, you know, mugging in the face of of uh, a long prison sentence, uh, mm-hmm. I was more than I expected, and I really loved it. Yeah, it didn't feel like it took away from the rest of the time that we had uh, in wrapping up the stories. Honestly, I feel like they 
by skipping the two-minute credit sequence, we got the Capone, and I'm more than happy with that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so we, I was talking about the radio broadcast about Roosevelt supporting Prohibition. This is this scene. Um, we find out Nucky's made $2.3 million in a single day. It's a lot of money. Which is something crazy. It's like 36, almost $40 million in today's cash. Not bad. And Margaret made over 20000 What, 29000 Yeah, 29 something. Which is a shit ton of money for uh, a, a, a woman just supporting two kids in New York City at the time. Sure. And there, this is an interesting scene. This is a big what if. I think Margaret is at least thinking very strongly about taking Nucky back. Is this El Dorado? Is this yes, the dance? This is scene? El Dorado. This is the dance scene. Okay. He's saying, I'm by this. You're right. This isn't a place that I would buy. Mm-hmm. This is a place I'd buy if I was considering having a family with me. Is yeah. that something you consider? And she's like, Well, it is 12 stops or whatever closer to downtown. And for once, she's the inscrutable one because he's like, What do you mean? She's like, I don't know, but I said it. Yeah. And yeah. it seems like I'm with you. I think she is at least contemplating the idea of what it would be like. If she were to go back with Nucky, do you think, do you think the real estate agent quashed that dream? Because I felt like that was an unusually strong bucket of water. Like they it were was. really thinking about it, but then that came in, and they're like, "This isn't real. This can't. This is. This isn't the way this is going to end." Yeah, and I mean the, the you know the way the episode ended puts a a pretty final stamp on that relationship well obviously (laughs) there's no turning back at that point but i wonder if nucky had survived if maybe there would have been more of that in the future for them i'm this kind of will they won't they sort of thing you know when we ended things with margaret and with owen being killed and that whole this is the way we left if you'd have told me two seasons later that they would believably dangled this as a carrot of a potential fake out carrot of a happy ending for nucky i would never bought it but yeah, they brought it around. They really brought it around. I mean, time heals all wounds, and she's been successful, and she's been a survivor in large part by some lessons he's taught her. And I thought yeah. that this was a really like Nucky was taking full responsibility for everything he did, and Margaret took responsibility. She's like, "Look, yeah, I wasn't ignorant of what was going on, and I accepted it, and I took I, I took advantage of the things you were offering anyway, and I felt like that was." just a perfect note of responsibility for everybody. And I love, yeah, no, I remind me it. of why I loved Margaret as a character through the first three seasons. Sure. And you say like time heals all wounds. I, I certainly think that that is mostly true as well. Yeah. Uh, but in TV terms, time sells all stories, sells <laughs> all plots, right? Yeah. Like they, if they were to jump into this directly after season three, I would have called bullshit. Sure. The fact that they took two seasons and were confident enough in their storytelling ability to do that yeah, made this payoff, uh, you know, or the potential of a payoff here so much sweeter. Yeah. And I, I just don't see a lot of other shows doing that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, I mean, there's a couple other things. I mean, the whole when he talking about being a bellboy and said, you know, when I got tipped a nickel, I thought this, the world is a wonderful place, but I wanted yeah. a dime. When I got a dime. I wanted a quarter. I mean, that's, that's not even subtext. That's just, that's just a nice speech for, for Nucky to give come Emmy time. Right. Sure. Uh, yeah, there's no subtext there. It's him just saying, uh, he got greedy. 
essentially. <laughs> yeah, he didn't know when to stop. And we, yeah. if, if you didn't catch it the first time, he's going to go yet another metaphor with his brother. <laughs> with Eli, uh-huh. Uh, so uh, anyway, we'll continue to move on. Nucky's on the boardwalk. He's got a paper bag. He's being followed by shadowy men. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of interesting camera POV points to kind of hammer that home. And I was sweating <laughs> like a whore in church on Sunday. And I... Yeah. When that woman from the future came up and he's being led in this dark tent and I can't see, I'm like, oh, God, you're going to get shot, man. <laughs> That's this, the thing because... Do you want to get shot? Because this is how you get shot. During the Luciano scene, we don't actually know who he's talking about two bullets in public. I forgot or, or about Or two that. guys shoot him in public. You think it might be Nucky. And, and so... I think I actually skipped that scene where there, he, he, he let Bugsy off the leash and said, yeah, two gunmen yeah. in public people need to see it and they're talking about what about our friend you really didn't know from all the people they're talking about who that was sure which is a great way to <laughs> ratchet up the tension which i've always had a problem with in these crime organizations when they say friend like they're so so it relies so heavily on context <laughs> that i think it would be easy to make a mistake oh i guarantee there's been people accidentally whacked it probably yeah and i think some of that's by design because you know that's the whole thing like <laughs> When you get on stand and say, what exactly did he say? He's he like, said, we need to take care of our friends. Well, you know. That could mean buy him a soda. Yeah. Soda he's down on his could... luck. He needed to come off. Forget about it. He needed to. <laughs> I didn't mean to kill him. It's, it's, Frankie's taking it too far. Uh, yeah. No, I yeah. mean, that. I, I, but I guarantee. I guarantee people get accidentally whacked. Uh, I assume so, yeah. I mean, you see how many people. That's another staple in mob films. When they get in the paranoid mode, they start whacking people they don't even need to whack. Yeah. No, I guarantee just miscommunication it it has probably happened. <laughs> um but anyway, I love this scene and it's so fucking meta. That, it is. that Nucky gets his first taste of television, which is his future. He's going to be on television. Mm-hmm. This was well, he's a fictional character yeah. based on Nucky Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um I I don't know, man. I thought it was fucking awesome. And again, the soundtrack, which had me on edge, was straight up Godfather, someone about to die, or a horsehead's going to be in someone's bed, or a senator's going to be in bed with a dead hooker. It was that kind of music, and it worked on so many levels. What did you think? Was there any meaning behind that other than... I honestly was not able to parse it. Um, I I was looking at it more as kind of a technological wonder. Uh, which which it certainly is. I mean, at this time, there are no TVs. Sure. This is certainly the first television that he's ever seen. Uh, this is, is this the golden age of television? That would be the stone age of television. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. This, this is the we've created fire moment. That's not even standard deaf. It's just deaf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I was looking at it from that angle, and I, I haven't given it much thought about the, you know, twinkle, twinkle little star stuff and and what this means as far as nucky is concerned yeah there's that layer the how i wonder what you are which is something the commodore says you know later on you know what are if you're if if you're what you need to be then what are you yeah and that's probably trick mate because we're we've always said we've had this theory that these flashbacks to the silver and bronze age are actually being triggered by nucky's memories yeah and that could be a conceivable kick to the next memory where he confronts the, the commodore Yep. Um, about being a sheriff. I don't know. But I also thought it worked as a... Um, Alan Sepinwall had an interesting take that this is a critique of modern culture. 
that you, you in this season people are re- reciting epic poetry. We see the Princeton boys re- uh, reading poetry and they're making quotes on books the way we make we quote the Simpsons and the Wire, and this is kind of heralding the coarseness of culture. Hmm. Okay. That the television is going to destroy this very classy, uh, even even low life street people, education educated people, and turn us all into the idiocracy that we're heading towards. Yeah, I wonder what pop culture looked like back then. It was certainly pervade in books. Uh, my girl's pussy, man. I mean, that's like, the other thing. It's like books and radio. That, that's what it. that's what I was screaming at the podcast when he was going on and on about how cultured. I'm like, my girl's pussy, man. Yeah. I've heard their ragtime shit. Oh, there yeah. was gutter shit back then too. Yep. You know, we've got stupid podcasts. They had my girl's pussy. <laughs> so anyway, uh, it does kick off uh, the Silver Age Nucky going back to visiting his mom. And finds out that she's got a shiner. Dad is, uh, you know, taking got the drinking, and you know how he gets. Yeah. And he's like, "This is it. There is no sheriff counseling uh, wisdom and patience. There's just me and the old man, and I'm calling the motherfucker out." Finally, and that's what happens. Him. Yeah. No, I'm glad. Glad to see that. Dad pulls his gun. He calls his bluff. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, we have the proud tradition of Nucky Thompson physically besting a much larger, apparently stronger man. To be fair, he's twice his age. Sure. At least. I'm just saying that this seems like Nucky <laughs> always wins fist fights. I've yet to see him get the better taken of him. He's scrappy. Yeah. No, you're right. He's scrappy. All this, all this uh, fighting Jim it's, Neary it's, for silver dollars in the ocean and yeah. fighting for hat money. It's made him tough. And, it's all and gristle and ligament, but... It's old man strong. Yeah. Those wiry, ropey muscles. Even at even at twenty years old or whatever he is in Silver Nucky, he's old man strong. <laughs> it's Iron Nucky. We got it wrong. It's Iron Age Nucky. Iron Nucky. Uh, so and then you can see that just Nucky wants no part of all of this bullshit. And uh, Ethan Thompson, his dad, screams that no matter where you try to go, no matter how hard you hide, we'll always yep. be here. So true. And that's the thing, like. This abusive, haunting... This is the reason he's in the position that he's in now. Yep. They have made him who he is. Uh, That will be true forever. Just as the damage we see echo through the Darmody family, we can see it clearly echoing through the Thompson family. Yep. And just ripping it apart as well. And it's, it's, it's sad in its own way. Yeah, and it becomes more sad when, we, when they really make the connection at the end of this episode. Uh, we go back to Golden Age Nucky. He's visiting his brother... Uh, who's holed up in the, I don't know, attic of a grocery store or something. <laughs> uh, he's uh, above a train terminal. I don't know where he is. Yeah, he, he's he's moved up a couple steps from Hobo. I think he's, he's gone from Hobo to just bum. I mean, he's, he's, he's sure. washed his face, if not shaved it. Mm-hmm. He's not wearing a filthy suit. He's just going around in a rumpled wife beater. <laughs> and uh, he Nucky starts... Telling a story about him going for the swim. The the national garment of Italy, I think, is what that is. <laughs> uh, well, that's your people, Jim. I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you make that call. Um, he, he, he's about to swim past the point of no return. There's just another yeah. fairly uh, ham-fisted bacon gauntlet kind of, of scene. But, mm-hmm. you know, it works. And I also think it really shows us that in Nucky's mind... You just don't know. You, you you're doing all these kind of quasi like when you're talking about ordering up goons to rustle up and kill people that are coming into town to protect the Commodore's turf. Yeah, arguably a line's being crossed. 
Yeah, well, he's when you're sh- a lot when you're, of lines. When you're, a, when you're a, a police officer and you're shaking down businesses for protection money, that's a line that you've crossed. Now, oh, come on. It, he's crossed a worse line I, with I know, Jillian. What I'm saying, though, is his speech about you don't know where you can't – the point of no yes. return. It's too late once you get there and you don't know it until you're there. So – I that feels like it's a true thing when you make so many yeah. moral compromises. The one that's going to haunt you the rest of your life, you've already made it before you know. Sure, and and I think you know they have shown us this. I don't think this is the first time that the show, in its own language, has said this. I think they're making a connection for people who haven't quite gotten there. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's it's, it's the so, three part reveal, right? Yeah. Like so, they have shown they don't they don't just tell us here, and I think that's the thing that that makes this scene work for me. Is that it's more? It's not even the audience realizing what he's talking about here. It's him realizing it. Is he it's, also it's trying? Him telling the audience that he has finally realized it, the problem, the predicament that he's in. It's also him trying to have real talk with his brother. Yeah, like you haven't hit that point yet. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you it's still you can still save this thing. Uh, you can go to June. He's not even trying because he mm-hmm. thinks that June won't have him. Um, and Nucky's like, look, you got to try. You'll regret it the rest of your life. Um, yep. And that's a that's a man who's speaking as a voice of experience. Uh, question: I forgot the question I was going to ask. Shit. Shit. Um, anyway, Eli wonders why he always get to be the wise one, and he goes because you needed me to be. You're some idiot that's just impressed with flushing toilets, and I took pity <laughs> on you. And he gives yeah, his... that's shown in in Silver Eli yeah. quite a bit, like. You see the the difference between Silver Nucky and Silver Eli. Yeah. And the, the, they're night and day. You know, that's kids. the thing. It's interesting because uh, Silver Age, I mean, Bronze Age Eli did not get nearly the amount of abuse that Nucky did. Nucky no, certainly. S- umbrellaed him. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why he hasn't hit that point of no return. He hasn't had the damage done to him that makes him irredeemable. Sure. Whereas, you know, Nucky was a maybe Nucky saving his brother. And the interesting thing is he tries to do this with Tommy. Yeah. Uh, the, the guy who he doesn't know is Tommy. Sure. But he tries to get him out of it. But the damage has already been done by himself. Sure. Yeah. So it man, there are there are so many threads that come together in yeah. this episode. It's just it's brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, he gives him a uh, a bag full of money and a straight edge, uh, st- uh, not a straight edge, straight straight edge, a double edge safety razor. Yeah, and because uh, who knows what he'd do with a straight edge? <laughs> <laughs> uh, calls him little brother, and they have the whole no eye contact hug. Uh, but still, well, like, yeah, it's after, isn't it? After like he's about to walk out, sure, and, yeah. And he says, "Little brother." He comes back, and this is like the final moment for them, which caught my throat a little bit. Yeah, because you know, um, and uh, I the great scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll speculate, I'm sure, at the end in a little bit about where we think Eli's going. Uh, we then go to a scene in Chicago where Al Capone is turning himself in. He's listening to the advice of his lawyer, and he is charming as hell. Yeah, like, you can see why the press just ate him up, and. I don't know how charming the real-life Al Capone was, but if he's even one-tenth as charming as Stephen Graham is here, it's amazing. Yeah. And, you know, he's he's just mugging, he's making jokes, and he's just larger than life Al, and then the face, the change of face when he turns and sees Mike D'Angelo there, and it's it's the gallows, yeah. you know, that he's heading towards, and he's sobered and scared. 
it's just i yeah great performance sure that that betrays his farce sure that is public face capone sure uh, we go to a meeting of the uh, the families. Uh, it's a round table. Lucky is uh, organized. Uh, he is uh, donning the bacon gauntlet himself. And it's a round table because there's no heads. There's not one boss, just seven. We're a commission. It's the five families plus, plus Buffalo and Chicago. Buffalo's the short end of this, this particular stick, right? I mean, yeah, they're they're sitting at the table, but... <laughs> Oh, I just can't believe that 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 from what I know of Buffalo, I that they're I, calling I any kind of Buffalo. shots. Like that's, sometimes I forget. I think they forget to call them in on meetings. They, they got like the Erie Canal up there, right? They're probably a trade port. They're Niagara. They got Niagara Falls. <laughs> I don't know, man. I drove through Buffalo. It seemed like a shithole. <laughs> <laughs> Granted, that's ninety years in the future. But. Um, like I said, I've I've been there to see Niagara a couple times and gamble in the Canadian casinos, and uh, I'm not going to say it's a shithole. <laughs> well, it's it's an in- industrial city it's and like those are never it's like if gary indiana had a fucking waterfall had a more successful one of the brother. seventh wonders of the natural world yeah and a booming booming vegas town across the river then that's that's what buffalo would be pretty much yeah um hoping i and i don't know whether i don't know if the buffaloites listening are nodding sadly or just incredibly like the, pissed. Like the people I, from gary are yeah that people gary's like yeah i wish we had a waterfall yeah. well they're not listening to this they don't have computers come on <laughs> <laughs> they barely have functioning electricity up there that's no, a mad max hellscape yeah Learn, all, all book knowledge and computers have been banned in the uh yep and and the uh rust wars of 1990s uh yep. Okay. Anyway, this is the forming. This is this is the forming of organized crime in yeah. the twentieth century. Yep. Mustache Pete is gone. Do you know what Mustache Pete is? Nope. I do know Waxy. I've heard of Waxy being mentioned. I remember Waxy dusting up with uh, 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 several people before. Uh, the Mustache Pete is actually a group of people. It is the Sicilian mafia who came to. United States and particularly New York in the early 1900s. So mm. kind of the old guard, as he's talking about here. Gotcha. Those would be Mustache Pete. And he's ushering in a slightly rest, less racist v- version of the mafia where they're open to the Jews and the Irish. You know, if it's good for business, if they can make us money, it's good for us. Let's not limit our opportunities. Yeah. Uh, they make an amusing reference to Al Capone not being able to our friend in Chicago not being able to join us. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know it's 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 uh, it's lucky triumphant. What else are you going to say? Yeah, seems like a good move. <laughs> That's the other beef I have. I think about last week's episode is that the war with Lucky began and ended in the exact same episode. I wish, yeah. you know, in a 12-episode season, that would have been two or three episodes. There have been more give or take. It wouldn't be a one-sided shit show. Yeah. But on the end, like, Sevenwall pointed out that in real history, Atlantic City is a footnote. Like, sure. Nucky Johnson. Yeah, it's New York, Chicago. Is, is a footnote in history, and there was no protracted war. So hmm. it'd be hard to kind of completely make that up in the whole cloth. Before, they've always had real history, and they've injected fictional characters into it, like the yeah. the assassination of Maranzano. You mm-hmm. know, Eli did the, the, did the kill shot. Um, we then go to seeing Dr. Narcisse after service. He's quoting Ecclesiastes, talking about a generation passeth away and a generation cometh, but the earth abides forever. But you know who's not abiding? His ass, because it gets shot up. Yep. I liked 
Uh, did we did we skip over um, Nucky visiting Jillian? Uh, no, no. This is next scene. Okay. I'm pretty sure my notes could be out of order, but no, I haven't. I haven't skipped it yet. <laughs> All right. Um, I liked I liked the fact that this man's pride was such that he wanted to go standing up, like mm-hmm. he's fight, fighting to his feet, fighting to the end until someone put a bullet right in his O ring. Yeah. Other than that, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know that we needed to see what is what is. Well, this was the two men in public, so that clears up. Sure, sure. That what Luciano was talking about. Do we need to see Narcisse be killed? I mean, does it have yeah, any implications for, for in Chalky. daughter's face? I, I think for Chalky, we need to see that. Okay. Yeah. Chalky and daughter. Um, I'm guessing that this frees daughter, even if Narcisse didn't, wasn't yeah. inclined to do it because, you know. That's why she's, I say we need to see it. There's no black ball mm. if he's dead, right? Yeah. Because she's talented enough. People are assigned her. They were just afraid of Narcisse and what he was going to do. Yep. So, okay. that I guess then we did need to see that. Nucky do- goes to visit uh, Jillian in the funny farm, and the orderly that's uh, sponging dresses off of her explains that she's a model girl, which is why they've allowed her to prepare for the visit, and she's been preparing all day. And Nucky says, look, stop your shit. Stop writing me. Stop trying to contact me. I've arranged for you to have a private room. If you manage to get yourself out of here, sands a few body parts. There's a trust fund set up to take care of you. That's all I can do. What else do you expect? Mm-hmm. Nucky fixing his problems with money. And Gretchen Maul's performance here is very restrained. She's just basically not looking at Nucky and absorbing everything he's taking. He's t- telling her, mm-hmm. which you can see, just like with Mabel, Nucky is not a guy that can just let an uncomfortable silence go. He's got a he he's got this big hole of need um, mm-hmm. where he needs to like you know what the hell do you want from me. Yeah. I'm telling you what I want, and you're not saying anything. I, you know, I need you to participate here. Hmm. Uh, there's a there's a thing about the ladybugs, which I didn't get. How to tell if it's a? I feel like that's 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 Jillian calling back to Nucky. That you know he's a mm-hmm. police officer. Said he had his best interests. Said he wanted what's best for her. Um, but he's a liar, and he sold her out. And yeah, you, true. it's kind of like a, a it's it's basically a slightly more sophisticated you can't judge a book by its cover moment yeah and also a reputation of you know he's talking about how clever she was that she got out of jail honestly it seemed like maybe she'd be better off in prison <laughs> because there's a limit to the amount of time you can do in prison and then you're out yeah yeah and here you're in until they decide you're sane mm-hmm. and they can do whatever the fuck they want like they can't just go and take sections of your bow and pull all your teeth and all that shit in prison which apparently they've done to jillian in this scene yeah people are speculating whether they did a hysterectomy on her i mean certainly yeah. they did do those and they did pull teeth but it seemed like his favorite thing to do is to resection bowels take their large bow mm. intestines out and she just made a generic move to her stomach i don't think it matters either way they clearly yeah. nucky's too late to save her from you know the body horror that she's going through mm-hmm. um and uh, she says, ask if he'd be so kind to help her and reaches out. And not not just that he's too late, that he's not going to anyway. But it's interesting, the look on his face after she's protested about her stomach and he had to help her to her feet is the same kind of uncertainty on his face whenever he's dealing with childhood Jillian and mm-hmm. the Commodore's requests. Like, I took a stand here, but I don't know if it was the right one. 
Yeah. And there's something yeah. there's something more going on here that I don't understand. Why do you think why do you think Jillian decided to just let I mean what what was the point of this? I feel like maybe she was looking for an apology. Um maybe I think she, she was looking for him to get him her out of there. Yeah, I probably that was the overriding concern. Get me the fuck out of here. It's a horror show. Uh but I feel like she wants some kind of closure to that. Like, I don't think she ever got that. It, certainly, we haven't seen that. Um, Nucky and Jillian have never talked about this event, as far as we know. Uh, so I, I feel like she was trying to get some form of, if not an apology, then at least closure on this. Mm. Like, Do you to think- understand why he did it to, to finally get a resolution to it do you think he could get her out if he wanted to i don't know i don't know i feel like he could a million dollars does it a million dollars a million dollars would do just about anything that's what i'm saying back in those days i'm saying probably not even a million no like he could have easily got her out he just chose not to yeah i think you're right yeah because he sees her as dangerous because he sees her as you know this is the this is the sins you have to live with your sins i have to live with mine yeah. Uh, by the way, you're one of them. I mean, I I don't know. I, uh, there's a lot of a lot of ambiguity that you could spend a lot of time talking about in these scenes. And also, I mean, if he got her out, that would be seen as apology. And a lot of people are are saying, and I, I think rightfully so. I think this episode says it um, blatantly: is that Nucky is not a man to apologize. Well, I mean, like he regardless said, of how remorseful he feels, he is not going to apologize for his actions. We got us. We got a, someone that gave a wonderful piece of feedback on Facebook where he said this calls back to him with Jimmy uh, about to execute him and said, you never understood me, James. I'm not looking for forgiveness. Yeah. Right before he blasted him in the face. I think Nucky realizes he's past a point of no return, but he's he not especially sorry for what he's done. Well, in this episode, uh, I think it's when they're dancing right before they dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says something like, I don't know, he recounts some bad things he's done or something. And mm. uh, Margaret says that you're not the type to apologize. That's not in sure. your nature. Or he says, I'm not the type to apologize. And she yeah. says, it's not in your nature. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Uh, so I, I think that's telling us, you know, that that he feels badly about the stuff he has done to Jillian, but he is unwilling to apologize to the point where he feels it's necessary to get her out of that. Anything else? Or should we move on? No, let's keep going. Uh, Nucky's in Atlantic city. He's gone back to the old Brumpus, uh, and he's here for his things. Uh, Lucky's guys, uh, frisk him and say, Hey, don't overstay your welcome. This is, you know, we're not cool. Mm. You've lost your Atlantic city privileges. He goes up and he, he retrieves, among other things, Mabel's original postcard from Atlantic City. Yeah. Uh, he gets a phone call on his private line, which he answers and finds out it's the manager at the Ritz Hotel with an urgent matter that uh, needs to be dealt with. And from here on out, we essentially flash back and forth between his betrayal of Jillian and his ultimate comeuppance for this. Uh, we go back to Silver Age Nucky, where... Uh, Jim Neary is giving an alt- a speech running, stumping for Alderman's office, and he's just sucking off the Commodore with both hands. And uh, and uh, King Neptune comes up and starts spouting his bullshit. We find out that Jillian is uh, uh, one of his consorts, and uh, he spots her, and she tries to take off, and, and uh, he accosts her, 
they have a discussion about, you know, he kind of comes clean with her about, hey, I didn't have the greatest upbringing in the world either. Uh, not everyone, you're not the only one that doesn't like where they come from. And she says, look, leave me be or put me in jail. And also reveals something that Mabel said to her that you try to be good, but you don't know how. Hmm. Is that a good epitaph? Is that something, a, a good caption for Nucky's tombstone? You tried to be the golden age for boys and girls, but you didn't know how to do that with your life circumstances. Maybe you knew what you knew the right thing to do, but no one gave you a roadmap to get there from where you're at. Yeah, but he does things despite knowing the right thing to do. And I mean, maybe, yeah, if you want to say that, you know, it's in it's just his nature uh, and these things have been ingrained in him and his his behavior patterns are there regardless of what he thinks is right. uh, That's certainly a tragic way for him to to live his life. Mm. but i i don't know that like that i would say he doesn't know how to be good because these things clearly weigh on his conscience he knows what the right decision is he just doesn't do it yeah i mean like if he if he was not broken up about this i'd i'd be more likely to say that he's his actions are a consequence of his upbringing but he obviously knows better yeah, I mean, there's a whole tension between your conscious and subconscious, too. Like, you know, when he says, I'm yeah. not seeking for, I'm not looking for forgiveness, that might be what his conscious mind is insisting, but I think there's a lot mm-hmm. of subconscious. I mean, the whole fact that he said about Margaret when he first said, if I can save this woman, then, you know, I can't, I, I, I forget exactly what it was, but like, I can't really be that bad of a guy or something like that. He's clearly looking for redemption throughout the series. And clearly yeah. wondering, what has all this been for? What is all this greed? What is all this want? What am I trying to build? What am I trying to leave behind? Um, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out the point where he's gone too far. And I feel like it was so early on with uh, Jillian. Yeah, I, 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 I actually think he went too far. He should have handed in his badge with Sheriff Lindsay. Yeah. If he wanted to remain morally clean. And even then, he did a lot of kind of scummy things for the Commodore, clearly shaking down businesses and stuff. But yeah, if he wanted to re- keep his hands morally clean and not just ethically dirty, but morally clean, he needed to bail out when it was time to buy that girl's family silence and take out yeah. the trash for him. I think you're right. I feel like the show though is trying to say that maybe it was with Jimmy. Maybe when he killed Jimmy, that was the point where he had just gone too far. No fucking way. Because right? I mean, that's what comes back on him, right? Yeah, but, I mean, that came back on him because of Jillian. Like, Jillian's the original. Jillian's the apple sure. of the Garden of Eden. Now, I, I, I don't know that I agree with that, except for, like you said, when he, when he came to take care of this problem that the Commodore had, it's less disgusting than pimping Jillian out. Yeah. Not by the damage much. had already been done. Yeah, no. With this he is directly doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we talked to, to we damage. talked a ton about that last week, but I, yeah. I feel like that there is a definitely degree difference between and and also you kind of wonder, and I think that's very and the way that the 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 gentleman that played Silver Age Nucky uh, mm-hmm. Pickering. Yeah, I feel like the way he played that there's ambiguity about exactly how much he knew. Yeah. Yeah, um, because you know Whitlock was pushing a charity angle. I suspected he knew, and he knew this was wrong, 
but he definitely knew the Jillian thing was wrong. It makes no doubt that he was, he made full knowledge that he was selling this girl up the river. And that's what led to Jimmy. That's what led to him killing Jimmy. That's what led to Tommy mm. murdering him, which has wrecked another generation of Darmody's. So, yeah, I, I, this show just lives in the gray area almost constantly, and and that's where it gets a little confusing because I I agree that you are a lot, uh, you are significantly a part of, uh, you are you know partially probably mostly a product of your upbringing, and that is something that is tragic for Nucky. You know, but then seeing him struggle with these decisions shows me that he clearly understands they're bad things to do. Sure. So, so there's like this gray area where he is consciously making the decision to be bad, but it's predicated on his upbringing. Yeah, it's funny because I was listening to Alan Seppenwall and uh, uh, Dan Feinberg's podcast this morning when I was getting ready, and you know, Dan made a good point while he was still being kind of condescending in his praise of boardwalk and, uh that hmm. boardwalk is all about the chickens coming home to roost every season finale is more about the consequences of everything that's happening um and how they play out on almost like a clockwork universe ma- fa- fashion okay and it becomes immediately obvious like of course it couldn't have happened any other way and it yeah. was very fitting for the series finale to be the chickens coming home to roost over Nucky's entire life. Sure. I think that's true. And I think that that is a great point. And we should also, cont- we should get this recap done because we're starting to get post recappy on, on, on everybody. I, I feel like we will not have much to talk about after this recap is over. <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, we see that the Ritz, the, the Ritz situation that needed his attention was Joe Harper. He has mugged the lady yeah, but kind of half-hearted. Like I, I don't even know that he stole her purse. Just you know, he might have just grabbed and tugged her and scared her. Just I think he deliberately is trying to be picked up by uh, and get the attention of Nucky. They yeah. exchange howdies. We go back to Silver Age and we see the Commodore telling a truly terrible elk joke. Oh yeah, and Horrible. then you know, like I said, this is the emotional and psychological abuse. He's just fucking with Nucky here. He is. He knows he's going to give him the sheriff's badge, but he demands the sheriff's deputy's badge, tells him that I think you're nothing. I have no faith in you. You're you're a nothing of a man. Uh, you know, you've got a lot of nerve thinking that you're owed anything for years of loyalty. That I owe you anything for your loyalty. Uh-huh. It just, just completely destroys him and reduces him to rubble. He does it. He does it to prove to to make Nucky force Nucky into a decision here, right? He takes away everything that Nucky's got, uh, and and this is right after he asks him the question, like if if you are whatever you need to be, then what does that make you? Yeah. Now he's forcing him into a decision that makes him into something, right? And, and that I think is more important. The the commitment. That's how he's going to show his loyalty to the Commodore. Mm-hmm. Is do this thing that you are not entirely comfortable with and show me who you actually are. Okay. So I, I think there's certainly a point to it. Yes. He is kind of just fucking with him as well. Uh, but, but it's to an end. It's a, so, so do you think going back all the way to his bellboy days that this has been an elaborate (laughs) good cop, bad cop that he's been dancing with first, 
Maybe. Sheriff Lindsay and now with Whitlock about forging this kid into the thing that he needs, which is an accessory to his child molestation. It could be. Yeah. It's child rape. I uh, wouldn't put that past him. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're with Joe Harper. We're back in the golden age. And, uh, you know, he's like, what'd you do with the money? Get shrugs. He's like, do you not understand? The war's over. This is my city. I can't help you. And he says, go home. He goes, I don't have a home, uh, which is an interesting thing for Joe Harper to say. And he says, he gives him another $100. And he, Joe derisively says, that's your answer to everything. And he goes, no, it's just the best one I've got. And he rips up the $100 right in front of him. And Nucky's like, okay, fuck, I'm in fuck this mode. I'm out of here. We see Whitlock grab Nucky and say, hand him a badge and says, the Commodore would like to place another youth in service. This is a task entrusted to the sheriff, and this is an act of charity. Uh, the scenes get quicker and quicker. We see present-day Nucky uh, going down the boardwalk towards the old rumpus, kind of lost. Uh, there's the Princeton boys, which you'll recall Jimmy, um, you know, Jillian's boy, uh, went to Princeton before he dropped out. Yeah. And they're being jackasses, and they're reciting this poem about... Uh, you know, looking for gold and making all these sacrifices. And at the end, what is it all for? Very, very bacon gauntlet continuing yeah. to be. Uh, Silver Age Nucky uh, is going back to Jillian and says, she asks if there's something wrong. And he says, no. And uh, th- th- again, I don't know the actress's name they got to play, Silver Age Jillian, but shit, she's good. And mm-hmm. um, this Pickering fellow is just crushing this kind of quavery voice, Steve Buscemi doing the wrong thing, mm-hmm. but trying to put a brave face on it. Uh, and he says, they, there's really great dialogue where he's like, you want to sail around the world? And she's like, don't you? We go back to Golden Age and we see Joe Harper has come up behind him and said, when Mima talked about you, I couldn't tell if it was love or hate. <laughs> And it flashes back to Silver Age Nucky, and he said, there's a rich man. He's been good to me, which is a lie. He's offered to help us both, which is a lie. Uh, would you like to meet him? And I promise I'll always, to look, always look after you, which is a third lie. And offers the hand, which blends into his reveal of Joe Harper actually being Tommy Darmody, or Darmody. He pulls a gun on him, and Darmody, Tommy shoots him three times and then once more right in the face as IRS agents rush up and try to break it up, but they're too late. Mm-hmm. And Tommy's rage face, uh, I thought they did a very clear and artistic parallel to Nucky's rage face when he was being held back by his family. Hmm. And the way the camera moved and focused on it was very, very similar. Mm-hmm. Um and Nucky gets his has a, a another flashback. His last flashback, his last conscious thought, is uh, a reimagining of him getting his silver dollar in the Bronze Age. Nucky, yeah. There's a lot to unpack here. Okay, how do you want to approach it? Uh, why? Why did Tommy kill Nucky here instead of killing him when he first met him? Or when he found him drunk after he was King Hiawatha. Like, there's so many opportunities he had. Why did he do it now and not later? And and uh, and while you're pondering that... God damn it, I don't know. While you're pondering that, has <laughs> Jillian had contact with him? Uh, it was certainly never shown to us and never even implied on screen. 
that there was like a second letter or anything like that. Uh, I think it's safe to say that the first letter, uh, you know, was was not for Tommy. But uh, I don't th- I don't know that there's been a second letter, and I don't know why Tommy killed him now as opposed to, you know, in his his chambers. I feel like it's fairly straightforward that. And, and there's, again, in the, the interview with Terrence Winters, this is what I thought anyway, and I thought it confirmed that he's like, look, this is a 15-year-old kid. Okay. It's not easy to kill a human being. He's sure. heard these stories from his grandma, his meemaw, mm. and he wasn't even sure what to think about him himself. And he needed to go and see for himself what kind of man he was. I could buy that. And at the last moment, so there's that. There's also, I wonder whether Jillian didn't send him a final, this man's a scumbag. He well, could have helped that's, him and he that's didn't. completely conjecture. I, of that, course. There's nothing on All the of this about stuff that. is, even Terrence Winters' stuff, shit is conjecture. Mm-hmm. Kind of. It didn't make it on the screen. I mean, the only thing that's not conjecture is the fact that Jimmy's grandma, mm-hmm. Jillian, or sorry, Tommy's, told him a bunch of stories about Nucky that were very ambiguous you couldn't tell if she loved him or hated him Mm -hmm. uh and the other thing is for whatever reason jillian sees nucky as rescuing her which we didn't get i don't think jillian knew that nucky sold her out it doesn't seem like and that for however that that thing was resolved that she Hmm. felt like he saved her from the commodore interesting yeah i don't know how to reconcile that with us seeing that he clearly did sell her out. No, I guess one, that might not register. One thing I'm doing over Christmas break is watching the first two seasons of Boardwalk. Again. Yeah, not because a bad if idea. nothing else, I want to watch like a 15 minute loop of Jillian beating the shit out of the Commodore uh, with his was a yeah, silver yeah. cane. Uh-huh. Like I'd like to sit that on on repeat just to kind of mentally wash some of this unpleasantness out. Um, sure, but there's there. I don't know. I don't. I don't. There are no answers to that. But the best answer I have is that he's a kid. This is the first time he's killed somebody. Yeah. He had to really work himself up to it. And, I'm fine with that answer. And he was a pitiful person, but now he saw how kind of cold and hard Nucky can be at the same time. Yeah. I don't think it had anything to do about his grandma and their meeting that happened the day before. As and far a as second letter off screen and yeah. Uh, yeah. back into the left. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that stuff. Because you also got to understand like Julia, which is Richard Harrow's wife who adopted him. There's no fucking way she's letting Jillian send him letters over the years. Like, yeah. she sees that in the mail. She's ripping that up and burning it. Sure. <laughs> uh, you do wonder what happened with Richard's sister and Julia, though. No. That, no. That why this kid no, fucked off. No, I don't off wonder when, what happened. Why? Because <laughs> I don't really care. No, I'm saying, how. why did Tommy come to Atlantic City? Oh, okay. He's 15 years old. Why does he run away from that apparently loving home? Was he just too fucked up? I mean, this is a kid that's... Maybe he was rescued from a slaughterhouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then his, then his his real father got murdered probably before he can even remember. His adoptive father got murdered when he was at a very young, impressionable age. I would love to know exactly how he ended up there. No idea. What else do you? What do you think about the way that some of these characters ended? So okay. Nucky, I think you know he got what he deserved. And, and uh, the, what was really fitting is he had a happy end in sight. 
Yeah, yeah. He almost get just like that silver, just like a silver late. dollar that slipped between his his fingers. He almost he, he almost had it, but it was, it was too late. Yeah, and I think that's what made it really work for him. That 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 unlike the the other protagonist, that there was no way that there was any other ending. Nucky could have, but his past finally caught up to him. Yeah, and I don't know. You can almost argue that that is what Nucky felt was best for him. Like, he's just not prepared to do anything good in this world. And so him grabbing that dollar at the end. Sure. Whereas we've seen him, you know, that slipped through his fingers before. This is the ending that he wanted, maybe, Mm -hmm. for himself. I'm I'm not even certain about that. Uh, But I felt like Nucky's story ended fine. We don't know the ending to Eli's story, but where do you think Eli goes after this? Do you think the talk with his brother did him enough good? Is Eli off scot-free with the feds now? I feel like it, yeah. So, well, I don't know that he's off scot-free. He might be on the run That's still. what I'm saying, like, because... I'm not certain. I I, I mean, this was, I, I don't know what kind of plea, if there were plea deals, but he did what they said that they did, that they that, that he needed to do. Yeah, and he, uh, he had a crumpled dollar thrown in his face, so yeah. he get a fucking bus ticket, you bum. yeah. So, so maybe is he just, is off scot free, right? And it does seem like in this phase, in this day and age, it was a lot easier to just go off and start a new life. Oh yeah, is that what he does with June? I kind of want him to, because uh, uh, Eli, Eli, as opposed to Nucky, I always bought that he was about his kids and he was yeah. about his family. Yeah, family is, and in fact, important. the thing going on with Nucky was probably an extension of that, that this is something he was doing because he loved his brother and he admired his brother and he was jealous of his brother. And hmm. uh, But but Eli had a happy family, and I, yeah. I hope he gets it back. I kind of hope so too, although I kind of hope that he just devolves into this horrible bum, this horrible <laughs> mutant, like, sewer-dwelling... <laughs> The other thing is, I don't think he needs that for a happy ending. I think he's sincere. If his if Willie does okay, he's going to be fine. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. That's what he cared about. Uh, uh, how about Jillian? Where do you think Jillian goes from here? Is she just forever stuck in the loony bin, being operated on, and just a horrible, horrible future for her? Yeah, I don't see. I, I if she wasn't, I don't. If she wasn't crazy coming in, she's probably not leaving. Yeah. Even if she does get out, she'll be a broken. A, per, a broken person. Yep, I agree. Uh, how about Margaret? Run off with Margaret's Joe Kennedy. Interesting because I feel like that's one of the more brilliant things they they pulled off. The fact that her reunion with Nucky was not a requisite for either of them to have a happy ending. It was something yeah. that threw in as a possibility and as a reconciliation and as an end of the bitterness and the anger. Mm-hmm. But she's a powerful woman in her own right who's made her own way in the world and has earned uh, the right to have a a happy life. And maybe she'll remarry. Maybe she won't. Um, She'll be able, I mean, she'll be able to take care of her kids and their kids. I I, I feel like she's got a bright future ahead of her. Okay. She got off as well as anyone in this show. I mean, compare her fate to Skylar White. Well, without, without spoiling anything. Sure. I'm just saying you know, and, uh, and and I think it's the difference is when they got out. Yeah, Margaret got out fairly early. I would ne- I would not even say she was ever on board with it. Yeah, I mean, like she has always been. I don't know. 
Uh, Alan Sepinall called her the, arguably his consigliere in the fir- the last half of first season and the all of season two. It wasn't until kind of, kind of. I I certainly think throwing in the word arguable there, yeah, is worthwhile. Sure, <laughs> anything's arguable. Well, yeah, but I, I don't know. She she has always been someone who wanted to do good, uh, more so than Nucky. Mm-hmm. And was able to. She didn't have the life that drove her to where Nucky is at. And I think uh, her always being at odds with Nucky was what told me she was a good person. Sure. And that at the end, I don't want her to have been corrupted by that and this lifestyle. And I don't think she was. Yeah. And she loved, I think she loved Nucky, but she also felt sorry for him and saw him as a lonely, tormented being. Yeah. So that was their relationship is fundamentally different from a lot of other, you know, uh, kind of scumbag male uh, versus a conflicted female leads that we see in Mad Men and Breaking Bad and Sopranos and all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. uh, which was refreshing. I, I actually like the fact that you see a woman with her own agency and one that wasn't yeah. just a fucking harpy to her awesome husband's exploits. And, you know, she got a little crony, her own crowning moment of badass at the end. And I, yeah. I love the way uh, they left her, her character, honestly. And she was that from the start, too. Yeah, this show's always had yeah. fairly awesome female characters. I mean, even Jillian, it's interesting to see <clears throat> a female character that can just be a psychopathic villain. I mean, that's just as rare as having you know the 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 quote-unquote strong woman roles you know Mm -hmm. it's just fact that these are real people living in a real time i i just think it's great yeah who else you gotta propound me Uh, i think that's about it okay terrence winter what do you think his fate is is he gonna go on to (laughs) do some kind of work some some other great weird rock rock thing thing. i'm not interested in i'm going to give it hyped i'm ready yeah let's do it yeah i'm going to watch it just for the pedigree and you never know because i watched mad men just because i heard good things about it i'm like 50s era mad or ad executives who gives a shit yeah who gives a shit (laughs) and it was just relentlessly watchable so i don't Uh give a shit about 70s rock i I have a giant blind spot when it comes to pink floyd and led zeppelin wow Um, okay I, I, I'm, I'm all about it so well, i know i'm just saying that i have no inborn interest but yeah. we'll see i didn't give a shit about liberace i watched i watched the matt damon and uh shoot who's Catherine zeta jones husband sean Michael. connery <laughs> yeah sean From connery yeah. sean connery playing liberace <laughs> was so good douglas didn't, douglas didn't expect michael, michael douglas, douglas? Okay. I, I didn't give a shit about liberace but that was fascinating too so yeah. hbo it's, if it, they're on hbo and it's terrence winter i'll be there at least for the first episode sure uh anything else or should we get to let's do feedback okay uh, let's do some pimping and some feedback the only reason we're able to do, because there's no way in hell I would have been able to talk Jim into doing a Boardwalk Empire podcast at the same time as the Walk Dead podcast, except for the fact that we're doing this full time now and we got the time to do it. Yeah. The only reason we got the time to do it is because of the support of you lovely people. Uh, so if you've enjoyed this podcast or others and you haven't already, please check out our uh, subbable.com slash bald move and our patreon.com slash bald move if you don't know how to spell those or uh, don't have the time to jot it down. I include those links in each and every show notes as a way that you can directly support independent podcasting. Uh, 
and and get long form in depth takes uh, with lots of your guys' feedback. Uh, I think it's it's something of value to support. And if you feel the same way, please check out those sites and see what perks you can get. Uh, there's live podcast recording. Uh, there's extra content that we produce on Patreon. There's custom content that you can commission yourself for us to do on Subbable. Lots of interesting uh, ways to support us there. Amazon. Uh, I love Amazon as a service. I use it on a weekly basis, and I have no hesitation to recommend it to people. Uh, it's it's uh, you know they they're they're prime shipping, their return policies, they're killing brick and mortar places, arguably. And you can support Bald Move while using their service by using the Amazon.baldmove.com link instead of going to Amazon. You go there, and it's the same experience. There's no extra charges, no hidden fees. It's just now infused with love. And also, it 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 kills Jeff Bezos. Infuriated. He called me up the other day. He loves his pennies, man. God, he just kept going on about the pennies. I was like, Jeff, 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 we don't want the pennies. We want the dollars. And he said... It's not about the dollars. It's about the pennies. And the pennies make the dollars, and he's got a copper yeah. fetish. For every dollar we take from him, it's a it's a hundred pennies. pennies. He's furious. When when you're furious. taking a whole dollar, it's the rage this man feels. Yeah. So uh, help us screw him by going to amazon.baldmove.com. Uh, you can also rate and review us on iTunes for all of our shows. You know, Facebook, Twitter, all that. Facebook, shit. Twitter, yeah. all the the feedback because it's you know not a show without the feedback as well. For sure, yeah. So many ways you can support us. Uh, some that don't even cost anything, and we appreciate everyone, everything. I love to say this at the last of each show. Um, and and also, I also want to shout out to the Facebook peeps because before I've been doing this podcast, I've been loving this show, and for the last two years, last three years in season three. I've been doing a weekly thread on Facebook, and it's really increased my enjoyment of my, the show. And, you know, I've always had Jim to talk about with, like, Mad Men and Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. But, like, you guys were my Jim for the last two seasons before I finally brought him on board for Boardwalk. And I can't thank you enough for everybody that participated those over the years. And uh, I'm so glad we got to send off the final season in style. And I'm so glad. I think it could have been better at 12. I would. I think there's a couple more seasons worth of stories to tell. I'm not mad at the way it ended. I think it was beautiful. Yeah, I'm with you. I agree. Let's get to feedback. Omar K said, uh, "I'm surprised no one's mentioned the life insurance policy on Mickey Doyle. Doesn't Nucky own that? I would think that between that and his and and Margaret's shady business, the stock market, he could walk away from Atlantic City a rich man." Um, we know this is something he sent from last week. Uh. I had a curious, I thought that was a dangling thread too. And there's something that Terrence Winter addressed in his interview with Alan Seppenwall, which I will post in the show notes if, because hit fix is a nightmare to navigate. Let me guess. It was a part of the empire that he gave to Luciano. No, actually, I guess one of the things you're supposed to note by looking at the policy, or maybe it was explicitly mentioned is that insurance company was a insurance company was underwritten by, um, uh, uh god damn it uh <laughs> the guy's name uh ap arnold rothstein arnold r a r yeah a r it was underwritten by arnold rothstein's overall is one of his holding companies which also implied the fact that nucky huh. knew i mean it was worthless when he bought it that he was kind of helping out an old enemy frenemy and I was surprised to see okay. Winter say that, but he says like once AR died and all of his businesses went kaput, that money, that that life insurance policy is worthless. 
Interesting. Again, uh, none I, of that's on the screen. I don't. I didn't know that when owners of businesses died, their businesses went kaput. But well, when those owners are con men that probably don't appropriately keep things in reserve and are over leveraged yeah, and undercapitalized, I mean, and probably gambled away all of the money of the company sure. before. Yeah, sure. Uh, he also said that Bugsy was seen as a low-level card game attendant in season two. Uh, and that he was a loud mouth, wise ass even then. Uh, and finally, why did they introduce Presbo as Elliot Ness to do nothing with them? They have to bring him back for the season <laughs> finale, don't they? And busting Capone. They do not. So it they seems like that there's been a modern reimagining of Elliot Ness's legacy. That the 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 way historians view him now as as a PR man. God damn it, Kevin Costner. That didn't do a whole hell of a lot other than rake a lot of muck and get and 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 engage Al Capone in the in the press war the way Al Capone was just beating the shit out of federal government, hmm. and that that was his real contribution. And um and I and I saw that in Alan Sepinwall mentioned in his review and Terrence Winthard mentioned it also that he thought that that was he did not want to engage in kind of the glorific over glorification of the Untouchables and how mytho- mythological that was and kind of give him the the size role that he deserved. Huh. Okay. I I I, I was shocked to know that, but then I did some research on Wikipedia and elsewhere, and it seems like that a lot of People inside a treasury service are not that thrilled with the fact that he gets all that acclaim, especially <laughs> since I guess he's kind of a shitbag and did a lot of unethical things later in his life that 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 hmm. didn't exactly befit his office. Yeah, but anyway, what do you what do you do? It's it's a, he's he's a, became a politician. Uh, let's see. Uh, Shep had an opinion last week that the Eli Willie meeting was definitely around quitting time and not lunchtime. Because just after scene starts, you can hear a clock donging five times. Hmm. Solid. And he said that Nucky's original plan was to do the right thing and return Jillian to Trenton. If Mabel wasn't so adamant about doing more, and it's open-ended, like the maybe Mabel has as much her do-gooder instinct. No. Nucky was saying no. you can't fix every problem. No. Her wanting, trying to clean her up. and No. And, I no? Don't, no. No? Well, let me shut this train of thought down right now. She's trying to help the girl. Okay. Nucky's turning her over to a rapist. All right. I agree. You can't equate those things. I'm sorry. <laughs> I agree. I agree. No, she is not complicit All in right. any way. Lori, Lori KHF said, uh, <laughs> turns out number nine was Tommy, like so many thought. I had a few questions. Mabel miscarried, so not the son she, she then gave birth to and later died. I was thinking Nucky was older when his son was born. Uh, Terrence Winter addressed that too. He said that this were, uh, in his mind, that they had a series of miscarriages. Very confusing. By over the, the years that finally culminated to a sickly child being born, who they then lost as well. And that finally was too much for Mabel to bear, and she committed suicide. Very confusing. Because I thought this was the one. Me too. And I expected her. I thought that when he walked out, he was walking out on his dying wife. Ah, uh, and they also... Which oh, is even more horrific. Oh, oh, oh. Wow, so wow. super confusing, Terrence Winter. I didn't think that, but I do think... And they, he also admitted that they fucked up on the tombstone, that they're... The dates... Uh, yeah. Um, because she'd be like 12 years old during Silver Age time. If, Creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, she continues, I liked the way they wrapped up with Margaret and Eli. Uh, 
at the very end, those two men that came out to Tommy after he shot Nucky, it looked like he mouthed the words IRS, which if you turn on the captioning, they went on at IRS. length. Yeah. Yep. All in all, I'm fairly satisfied with the way it ended up. Boardwalk Empire Facebook page has so many complaining about his death and not being historically what? accurate. Yeah, the real Nucky Johnson did not die. But this is Nucky Thompson. Uh, yeah, and that's the whole reason Terrence, they, yeah. they wanted to keep the ambiguity alive. And apparently they decided yeah. that he was definitely going to die at the end of season four. That that's when they made the decision that the, that okay. he was definitely going to die. And they started setting things up that way. That's a good time to decide before you start writing the final season. Um, I, sh- um, I like the flashbacks. I want to give great credit to the casting and matching so many characters in the flashbacks to the actors who did a wonderful job matching the mannerisms and portrayed them beautifully. I agree with all that, and I don't get the historic. I mean, I'm surprised at how accurate the the show has been to history, honestly, and what a challenge that is to make fictional characters relevant. And yeah. and the, the way yeah. they were able to work Al Capone, which had very little to do with Atlantic City after his initial run, yeah, to keep right. him relevant, that was a super big challenge, mm-hmm. and they did it. So without violating any causality or historical problems, Elizabeth uh, H said, I was with the number nine is Tommy theory from the start, but they still managed to make it shocking. I loved how they paralleled the loss of Nucky's humanity with his death. I was still to that last second, hoping they totally jumped the shark and make the 1897 Nucky and Jillian run away from the Commodore. And that would be the end. Those horrified at what I'm doing, young Nucky eyebrows at the end deserve a supporting Emmy nod. The casting on the flashbacks was spot on. Very or pretty sad that this is the end. How about his? I'm not certain about my decisions in life. Teeth. <laughs> they just deserve an Emmy, <laughs> a, a starring Emmy, an actor in a leading role Emmy. <laughs> Sean Hoffman says, so many issues. Why did Tommy not kill Nucky in the alley a few weeks back? What in the world was the point of the Kennedy plot storyline? Why does Luciano look so constipated and angry? I can't help you with the last one, but I felt like we did a fairly good job addressing the other two in this podcast. Yeah, Joe, Joe's there for Margaret. In, indeed, and only there for Margaret, yeah. which I that only became clear to me in the very last episode. Yeah, me too. I strongly dislike that Nucky basically ends up as someone who helped a child molester repeatedly. Like you guys were talking about last week, I really was hoping Nucky had a plan and was basically going to remove the <laughs> Commodore from power after he did something behind Nucky's back to Jillian. But nope. Instead, it's, oh, shiny new badge. Here's the redheaded child, sir. Like you guys said, it makes rewatch nearly impossible. I've come, I mean, I don't know how you stop worrying and love to learn the Nuck there, Sean. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm not saying that I do love Nucky, but I've definitely turned around to now. I cannot wait. I don't know that I need to rewatch season three and four right away, but I cannot wait to watch the first two seasons with the Jimmy plotline and the Jillian and see what they said and how he deals with the Commodore. And yeah. I, I think that's three and four is almost irrelevant. In fact, that's the other thing that kind of sticks in my craw. The fact that Richard Harrow's sacrifice in the end means nothing. He tried to buy this kid a better life, and it didn't work. Sure. He traded his own for that. You know, futility, inevitability, those are parts of life. Like, uh, Richard and Julie could have fucked off the Kansas or whatever, let, left Tommy to Jillian, and he wouldn't have ended up much worse. Because now his life is in prison, right? I, I agree, but I don't know that everything needs a happy ending. I don't know that everything... 
like everything doesn't have to work out for the characters we love. That's true. And, and Richard them. wouldn't be the guy he was if he abandoned the child of that fate. Exactly. It's yeah. the struggle. It's the struggle in life that makes it worth it, not necessarily the end result. Sure. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of inevitability and futility in life. And to not portray that in cinema or television would be dishonest. Uh, Stacey H. said, historical fun fact, the actual ages of the gangsters in 1931, Capone was 32, Luciano, Luciano was 34, Myers was 29, and Bugsy was 25. These guys were babies, Jim. I'm older than every one of these motherfuckers. I'm not. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Almost all of them, yeah. <laughs> um, I was shocked. I was shocked at how young they were. Uh, I'm sure people listening to this are shocked at how old they were. Really? Like, oh my God, 34, that's ancient. Ah, what? It's perspective. It's about perspective, man. Okay. I don't understand, <laughs> but I'm moving on. I'm saying there are probably 17-year-olds listening to this. Oh, I guess that's true. Yeah. I was, a, I don't so, know. So, my God, that's twice my age when Luciano hmm. went out. It is super, rel- yeah, it is, it is super uh, relative. Yeah. Jill K said, I'm so pleased and sad at the end. As others said, yes, number nine was Tommy, but it was still hard to watch that rage come out and end Nucky, especially since we've all seen or we've all had seen this episode was the human side of him and his persistence to take care of the people he loved and trying to redeem himself to those he had wronged. He seemed to know what was coming and seemed to be preparing himself for peace. So many heartfelt and touching scenes, but especially with Capone plus his son, Eli plus Nucky, Jillian and Nucky. Uh, Stephen Graham deserves a supporting Emmy for this season. Is there any hope for Boardwalk Empire? Oh, man, I wish there was. I feel like this show, like, it's always set in costume, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, which is unfortunate. Um, I've, I've got a lot more respect for Steve Buscemi as an actor, just, just as a straight-up dramatic actor after watching this series. Uh, didn't have that respect in season one. I thought his no. performance was kind of shaky. He's always the goofy character actor, the and, weirdo and I, nerd well, or yes. the <laughs> weird serial killer guy. Or... For sure. But even in season one of this, I wasn't sold on his ability to carry the weight that he needed sure. to carry. We've seen him 56 hours now. Yeah. By the end of this, I totally bought him as a character who, who had been through these circumstances. And that's the thing. Like, all these professional critics, they're going on and on about how this is a show about Nucky Thompson, who's the least interesting thing in his whole... Fuck you. Like, I get it. Capone was a lot of fun. Chalky White's a lot of fun. Richard Harrow is awesome. You Jimmy know what? was cool. The stories have been told many times. And he was the backbone to everything revolved around. Like, I'm sorry that you yeah. were disappointed in your personal thoughts of how boardwalk was going to go. And it took you five seasons to get over it and you never did. And even when the show concludes in satisfying fashion, you can't help but pile on about how boring Steve Buscemi and Nucky Thompson are, but seriously, fuck off. The trouble with this is that it's not objective, right? So much of this is subjective. Like there are people who think that the walking dead is doing a brilliant job of characterization and pacing and all the things that we complain about. If I felt like here's the thing and this, this, this is real. And I'm not a critic, which is why I can say these things. Yeah. (laughs) Because like the fucking critics get all healthy when you say this, Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a group thing going on here and they all come like very early on in series. They come to a conclusion about what it is. And then they stop paying attention to it. 
they might watch it while they're on their iPad writing a review for the latest pilot. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I feel like the criticisms I'm reading from some of these guys I'm seeing on Grantland and even some of my favorite critics, I don't feel like they're watching the damn show. And it's I I feel I know that people that on The Walking Dead accuse me of that regularly. Yeah, but uh, no, I watch the show two and three <laughs> times. I read everything about it. I pay a lot of fucking attention. The uh-huh. stuff I'm reading from these guys, I feel like should know better. I don't feel like they are paying attention. They're doing the same tropey shit that they all they, they're dusting off the article they wrote in seasons one and two. Yeah, and are not re- wanting to revisit it. That might be true, and that might be out of necessity. You know, they got so much stuff to watch. Yeah, but and that's, that's why we don't cover everything. That's um, that's one of the reasons I feel like it's important important to support independent podcasting because sure. there is a little bit of that circle jerk going on in in crit yeah. circles. And chances are we're we're never going to cover all of your favorite shows, right? Because I don't want to ever do a shitty job of it. That's the thing. We want to cover the shows that we uh, think have merit. Um, and that we are personally interested in because those are the ones we're going to be passionate about. Right. And once you lose that passion, you stop caring about the show and how your audience perceives it versus how you perceive it. And that's a bad situation for everybody. Nobody wins in that situation. You're producing a, a, a boring, yeah. bad podcast. That's not what And by the way, I'm not saying you're wrong to say that he's the least interesting thing in the show. Okay. Uh, I, mean, I, I think there's yeah. an argument you can make. I think these people are not making that argument. They're making okay. a very lazy, self-serving argument that okay. is just based on observation, the observation that, that Nucky Thompson isn't as awesome as Al Capone. Okay, well, well no that... No shit. Yeah, so, so that's a fair statement. I... I when it comes to opinion on shows, yeah. I, I don't like to say your opinion is wrong. I try to separate. Even though I will tell you why I have my opinion. Yes. Uh, even though I might like think, well, this sure. guy just doesn't understand what what the show is doing sure. or what it's not doing. But I don't want to tell you that straight up that your opinion is wrong because no. it's it's valid. I try to draw distinctions between people's opinions and people marshalling facts to support their opinions. And I feel like if the yeah. facts underlying yeah. your opinions are not wrong or very surface level, then your opinion, it's yours to have, sure. but I don't value it very highly. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Um, Laura McPee says, I think this is a beautiful wrap up to a is great... Is it a McPoyle? Is that what's happening here? Oh, no, it's we... a McPee. It's not a nanny McPee. I'm just abbreviating her name because that's what I do because I'm afraid that, I don't know, right. people are going to be embarrassed. Only or... Sunny fans will get my reference. Today. Oh, well, that, I've, <laughs> yeah. Not an Always Sunny fan. Oh, I am. Uh, I think this is a beautiful wrap-up to a great show. The only part I don't feel fully satisfied about is Mabel. I suppose we were supposed to accept that what she said when she said that she never knows where he is or when he will come home. That continues until her untimely death, but I would like to see that loosen a bit more solidly finalized. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's why that scene didn't do much for me. Yeah, because I I I try to make it about the kids, but you're right. I never really got why he loved Mabel. the 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 childhood actors had some chemistry, and she was really sassy and sold it. Mm -hmm. Silver Age Mabel, I never felt like had a lot of chemistry with Silver Age Nucky. Not in the way that he really connected with Silver Age Eli, Silver Age Commodore, Silver Silver Age Jillian. You know, I'm saying chemistry not in a creepy way, but like the way the actors play off each other. Maybe that's a consequence of the shortened season. 
Yeah, Maybe it also doesn't. Episode it to also that, doesn't really hurt sure. that she's playing an identical character in the the Nick. It doesn't help either. I haven't seen the Nick, so it's so okay. it's like I felt like it's a weirdly specific typecasting. Hmm. And okay. I don't know. But moving on, Andrew T said, "I don't know if I necessarily like this finale. The the hmm. Tommy thing wasn't really a surprise, but it wasn't also really obvious either. The way they handled it was kind of clunky. Why did he have to shoot Nucky in public?" He could have killed him off several times in previous episodes. Why not kill him in front of Lucky during the handoff or when he found him unconscious? Why not poison his family? I know some will argue that he killed him in public because he wanted him to have that moment of realization and vulnerability, but I don't buy it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not totally sold on the Tommy stuff uh, either. I think, you know, we have tried to explain his actions, but it's it's completely just us guessing. That's the thing. They're... I don't think Terrence Winters cares. Yeah. Maybe he got drunk. Maybe blew that thousand dollars on opium. It's and more booze. the poetic justice. Um, yes. He doesn't care about the timing. Like, oh, why didn't he do it in his, his he's bedroom? A 15, he's a 15 year old kid. I think this this felt like an impulsive thing. Yeah, it did. He was like wanting. He was looking for a reason to pull the trigger. And Nucky finally gave it to him. And he didn't give a shit. And maybe the kid was drunk. And maybe he was high. Or, you know, maybe he's just 15. And he's got the, his nuts. Or yeah. Poor, but, pumping hormones into his body at a horrific <laughs> rate and hair sprouting out of weird places and uh, he's having funny dreams at night that's reason enough for me <laughs> i i agree with what you're saying um but i also agree with andrew t that it it did feel a little clunky yeah like uh, there's a perfect i i i respect andrew t's opinion i think mm-hmm. it's a perfectly valid one to have i don't necessarily agree with it because some between somehow between last week and this week i and I, I posted on Facebook. I tried really hard to like cleanse myself on Sunday of all hmm. expectations and my pet theories and just approach it as a blank slate. And I think it really helped my enjoyment a lot. Yeah. It helped me really just try to see what Terrence Winters was trying to tell me instead of what I wanted to hear. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad I was able to get to there. Uh, Kat M said, random thoughts. I've got no idea what the inexplicable to me anyway scene with the woman of the future is supposed to mean other than to provide the viewer with an unnecessary nail-biting moment. Thank you. I'm with you. Um, no like idea. I said, I think there's some symbolism, but I think it also works just as a fake-out. Okay. Uh, I was very satisfied to see the insufferably smug dar- Dr. Narcisse meet his end. What happens to daughter? I feel like we covered that fairly well. I yeah. don't think we know, but... She's fine. She's fine. Nucky's goodbye to his brother and Capone's talk with his son were very moving. I'd say given lamentable time constraints, they wrapped it up very well. A 12-episode season would have been better. At the very least, the finale could have been longer. But it was satisfying if it was rushed. As for Nucky's visit with Jillian, his delivery of her to the Commodore and his demise, I think I'll need to rewatch and think on before I comment further. Uh, Totally. I mean... I could watch this another two or three times. I was going to say, I needed a rewatch for sure. Brandon H said, notice how the bullet hit Nucky under his left eye, just like the bullet hit Jimmy in the same place. Hmm. Visual poetry and an incredible end to one of the best shows of all time. That statement, visual poetry, describes these last two episodes perfectly. Indeed. Uh, Omar S said, a great ending to <clears throat> a great ending to a great show. I have a feeling that I'll be thinking about it for a while. I, that's the the last couple of boardwalk finales have stuck with me. Like yeah. last season, 
it stuck with the, the it stuck with me for a long time. There was at least a week or two where I would think back and get bummed out, and I it it hasn't it's not going to be over for me until this podcast is over. But I guarantee I'll be thinking about it in the weeks to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said I thought they did a great job in calling back to relationships we haven't seen in several se- seasons. The scene with the Capone and his son was very touching. In the end, I was struck by how most of the main characters, Meyer, Lucky, and Benny excluded, interacted at their most basic human level with all pretense washed away. It's nice to see Ucky and and Eli close. I'm proud of myself. I survived a Lucky getting a Manny in front of Langsy and Bugsy apocalypse. I somehow kept, if if Chalky Mm -hmm. and Nucky had shown up, my head would have exploded. Yeah. Uh, but I'm impressed. Uh, it's nice to see Nucky and Eli close on a positive note and Margaret be given an optimistic future. I sort of always pulled for Nucky, but in the end, it's tough to say they didn't get what he deserved. All bad things that ultimately are landed on his doorstep began that day on the boardwalk. Uh, Pam, yeah. Pam G says regarding Capone, the most crass, uh, in the world, a uh, thick, brutal, awful, despicable, and yet in every scene of the sun, the SOB causes me to weep. <laughs> Impossible to argue with that. Yeah. Justin F., the final shot of the series captures the great what if. What if Nucky had caught the, one of the coins that day in the boardwalk? Mm-hmm. In that moment underwater, he wasn't strong enough or willing enough to do what the other boys were. After that moment, he lived like that would never happen again. His relationship with money, the Commodore's power over him, his corruptibility... All possibly another man's story, if not for that moment in, a, of, of, in the silence underwater. Do you agree with that? Um, not entirely. I think he was being forged into what he was going to be yeah. by external forces yeah. uh, to a large degree. But, you know, it goes back to that for a reason. And I, I think I talked a little bit about that earlier. I'm fairly satisfied with that. Yeah, I mean, he wanted he wanted more. He wanted enough to get him out of the personal hell he was in, and his personal hell just kept getting bigger as he yeah. made more money. Yeah, so that silver dollar would not have gotten him out of his dad's house, not gotten him out of his thumb, not mm-hmm. gotten away from the alcoholic, sadistic man. So that was the that's the that's the core problem there. Mm-hmm. Um, D said, having recently rewatched all the other seasons, I think this is always where we were heading, though I do think that we got here faster than intended and then had to retcon because Tommy was about six when he got on the train seven years ago. Jillian and Nucky's relationship has always been off. They were weirdly tolerant of her shenanigans, and there was a couple of occasions when she made comments about him saying he would take care of her. In the end, their relationship was the most important in the show, and it was the undoing of both of them. Nucky sold his soul to get ahead and then spent the rest of his life feeling like a heel because of it, as he should. I'm disappointed that the Tommy theory was figured out so early. The bloody internet. I would have liked to have been surprised by that. How surprised? I mean, at what point would they have... Because I felt like in the last few episodes, they made him more and more Jimmy-like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the way he's standing, the way he talks, the way he moves, it, it was all Jimmy. And I also think that you would eventually figure it out because they set it up to be a mystery almost from the beginning. They called that much yeah. attention to it. And, you know, anyway. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know anybody that didn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> I wonder what well, it she's would She's right. Be. The, the reveal was not that surprising. 
No, but I wonder what it would have been like if you just that was not on your radar at all. Yeah. I don't know that because you might have been so fucking confused. <laughs> um, sure. Trying to make make all of the connections that yeah, we've made over the last the Meemaw, seven grandma, episodes. Grandma, you know. Yeah. Like that's a lot to put together in 30 seconds. So it might have left you in stunned silence at the end of this. <laughs> um so she's like me i wish we knew more about him where's julia and emma presumably presumably they raised him why did he leave home so young i disagree about not needing to see the flashbacks as i said last week we all knew what nucky did to jillian but it didn't resonate in our liking of him and our dislike of her showing in grim Mm. detail shed so much more light on the complexity of both of them and completely turned my feelings about them upside down Mm -hmm. i don't think i've ever seen that done with a tv character before so kudos to the writers so sad, though. I need a hug. Well, can't give hugs on a podcast. Can't even can't even commission one on Subbable because that's borderline prostitution. <laughs> but I hope you get one soon, D. <laughs> yeah. Um. And I. Yeah. I, there's nothing nothing to disagree with there. Sure. Is that it? Uh. Oh no. We've got oh, we have about more four more takes. Okay. Cool. We're getting getting to the end, and this is the last podcast. We yeah. We decided off air that um, we just, I think we've said all we need to say. And I'd have to go back and rewatch the whole series before I'd make a series wrap up. And yeah. And so, so I think this is it for Boardwalk for the foreseeable future. Sure. I'm with you there. Becky M said, I enjoyed this up. That's why I'm spending, taking great pains to read all everybody's takes. Yeah. Becky M said, I enjoyed this episode and felt the ending was well done. I have a couple theories as to why Tommy didn't kill Nucky off sooner. So pay attention here, Sean, I think. Uh, One, he was Luciano's insider and couldn't until Lucky got what he needed from Nucky. Okay. That's a good theory. I forgot to mention that. That's a strong theory. He... We know he had somebody inside. Lucky said he had a man on the inside. That didn't pay off in any other way. Huh. So that's kind of strong evidence of Tommy being that inside man. Sure. We also know that Lucky had a passionate love affair with Jillian. That's right. So there yeah. is that connection that he could probably exploit. Yeah. Yeah. Number two, Jillian told him not to if they had contact because he wanted to, she wanted to see Nucky first, maybe looking for an apology or for him to take ownership of everything that led to their own demise. Number three, I'm not even sure Tommy wanted to kill Nucky from the start. I feel like Tommy wanted Nucky to help him get ahead, but he couldn't tell him his real name because Nucky would never allowed him in after what happened with James. After losing the war and Atlantic City to Luciano, Nucky effectively left the gangster business, closing the opportunity for Nucky to rise through the ranks. Hmm. After rejecting Tommy the second time by trying to send him away and not helping him, I think Tommy snapped and killed him. It felt unplanned and done in a fit of rage rather than something Tommy and or Jillian had been coldly calculating this entire time. I do agree with that. If Jillian had wanted Tommy to kill Nucky for her, she surely would have had him do it in a more quietly as she wouldn't want Tommy in jail as well. Very Mm -hmm. strong point. The scene was effectively a parallel to the Silver Age Nucky scene where the Commodore takes his badge and insults him for the do good work and, and or do good and hard work attitude. As Nucky is walking away, you can see the look of anguish on his face, but he seems to just take it in. When Nucky rejects Tommy and tells him to be a good man and live a good life, Tommy reacts the opposite and murders him, the man keeping him down. In any of these cases, some poetic justice was definitely served. Yeah, uh, one and three. A a lot of bit of one, a little bit of three. 
I like one. I like three, which is the Luciano theory and that I'm not sure Tommy wanted to kill him. Yeah, fit of rage sort of thing. Yeah, um, but I really like the one. Because yeah. else, Luciano saying we got a man inside makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, unless he's referring to Narcisse, but that didn't that didn't pay off either. Not really. No. Uh, jo- my my buddy Josh DW from Indy said, "Keep going." I thought, "Keep going until you can't turn back." That's where there isn't any choice. You don't know where that is. You can't know until you pass it, and then mm-hmm. it's too late. There's so many levels there. Nucky talks about his swim and swimming out so he can't come back, but he's also talking about him breaking bad, and he's talking about Eli, and we can even apply this uh, to the plight of an addict. Um, yeah, I mean, there is multiple levels, and it's not just that, but it's the, the nickel-dime quarter. I mean, yeah, Nucky's really trying to write his own biography or write his own, make sense of his own life in these scenes. Mm-hmm. Stephanie B.A. said, I wish Bald Move had podcasted more seasons. What a smart show with smart fans. It would have been a lot of fun to theorize with you all a bit longer. Uh, yeah, Agreed. That's huge regret, um, but I could only afford to do... Back in the day when I was working full-time, I only could do two podcasts at a time once a year, and that happened to be Mad Men. Because uh, Mad Men, my top three... Uh, is is probably man my top three might be breaking bad <laughs> madman and boardwalk oh but madman is certainly above game of thrones getting kicked in the dick but but mad madman certainly above boardwalk and that's why and and game of thrones is a monster so yeah i i could not have done it before this because sure. i had not seen it so and you never you never were a two podcast a week guy either uh, not well, no, not while I had a job. Yeah. So it, I wish that's one of my big regrets. Um, but, uh, you know, there's always back catalog. We're filling it in with breaking bad. Who knows? Yeah. It needs to get in line, but, uh, <laughs> that's Steph. I didn't want to mention that Jim. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's certainly a possibility, but yeah, it's one of my big regrets. It's not quite Jillian level, big regret, but yeah, mm-hmm. I wish, I, I wish things could have gone, I wish things could have gone different. Uh, and B said, I wish we could have had more. I needed more, but I'm very happy with what we got. Sad and devastatingly tragic. I was surprised by how much I heard last week about people being scared that they would make Nucky unredeemable. What he did was unredeemable. We wouldn't have had five seasons of show if it wasn't. Once you make that choice, you're going to work damn hard to compensate. So you're not defined by only that choice. We were never lied to or tricked into thinking Nucky was a good man. He never thought about that Mm -hmm. himself. But he was still a person and therefore had moments of kindness. That's what made him so interesting to watch. I'd like to know how long this ending was in the writer's minds. According to what I saw from Terrence, as an aside, Anne, it seemed like somewhere around the close of season four. Uh, It would have been nice if this original sin concept of Jillian was always in the back of Nucky's mind and throughout the five seasons it would pop up and not just in the last. I wouldn't say it was shoehorned, but a common thread through the entire show would have been a bit neater. Also, haven't seen anyone in here mention the opening credits, specifically Nucky putting his metaphorical feet into the ocean with bottles of booze, and yet when the waves wash away, he's unsullied and walks away clean. Mm -hmm. Yet the ending of the show subverted those expectations, and why should we have thought differently? We should have always been questioning those clean shoes, and you may have noticed no credits this time, no getting out clean this time. In fact, we begin with the clothes left behind and the man going headfirst into the waves. He wants to swim so far that he can't come back. Does this mean that Don Draper will fly up in the air from a building like Superman? Only time will tell. 
Notice that he wanted to keep swimming. Yeah. But he didn't. Uh-huh. To me, that is somewhat of a redemption for Nucky. Um, even though it comes right before his death, I feel like this has been building toward the uh, the internal redemption for Nucky. Like, he has started to understand himself better, why he does the things he does. Sure. Uh, started to at least feel sorry, if not say he's sorry. Sure. Those are things I don't believe he ever has wrestled with in the past. Yeah. Um, to the uh, Certainly not to the gr- degree that he is now. Uh, and that, that says a lot about him, that he would swim out almost to, to that point where there's no return. Yep. But come back. And that's it. Yeah. That's the feedback. Um, really enjoyed this season. Uh, it's been a fun uh, cast. I really appreciate everybody's uh, support and thoughts along the way. Uh, but this is it. Again, we're uh, putting the old uh, speakeasy and mothballs. We're boarding up. Prohibition has mm-hmm. been repealed. Well, someone was murdered on the steps of it, so we, <laughs> we kind of have to shut it down. Yeah, there's, yeah. You know, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's a, the stink that lingers on, yeah. the, uh, on a podcast. Unfortunately, you know, the, the fact that Mickey Doyle ran it into the ground <laughs> uh, and then someone was murdered here. Not yeah. good combination. Sorry. Yeah. But uh, who knows? Maybe it'll open up again one day. But for now, uh, thanks for listening. If you'd like to give us some final thoughts, I will be sure to read them. I'll probably respond the most at uh, boardwalk at baldmove.com. And uh, follow us. We're still doing The Walking Dead. Uh, we're starting very soon our season two rewatch of Breaking Bad. Probably going to be in, in mid-November. So be yeah, on after we get out. back from the Fan Fest. Make sure you subscribe to our Breaking Bad feed if you if you want to follow us on there. Uh, stuff also coming up. We got uh, Justified coming back in January. Uh, we'll have some other f- fun treats. But you can follow all that at baldmove.com. Subscribe for sure on Facebook.com slash baldmove. Follow Jim on Twitter at baldmove if you want to know the latest. And don't forget, our forums are coming very soon, too. Mm-hmm. So I hope to see you all uh, on there and uh, get all your positive thoughts and feedback and your intelligent and witty commentary on our forums. Coming soon. Thanks again, guys. It's been a great ride. Yeah. Until the next time we meet, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See you then. Bye. <laughs>